Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters. And the Brewing And good evening from downtown Joe's in downtown Napa. It's nice to see everybody and nice to be out here. Colin Kaminsky's been nice enough to invite us out to do some live programming from downtown Joe's. It's at 902 uh, Main Street here in downtown Napa if you want to come out and join us. And the beer's flowing, and I think there's uh, there's like eight beers on tap, and there was nine, but I think we drank all of one of them before the show started. There's no more... Uh, there's no more... Oh, it's not even on the chalkboard anymore. There's no more uh, double... What's it called? Uh, double secret probation. Oh, no more double secret probation uh, IPA. All right. I can tell already we're going to have to turn down this because uh, I get the feedback. It's good to be out here, though. And uh, like I said, the beer's been, been flowing since our FM show that we did about an hour ago. So I feel uh, I feel much better about radio right now. And, uh, you know, mostly because cause beer makes you feel better about life in general. And, and I'm happy to be here uh, with those things happening. Uh, we got Colin Kaminsky, Chris Graham, Jamil Zanishev, and, of course, Daniela is uh, all here at the broadcast table at Downtown Joe's. How's everybody doing? Excellent. Yeah? It's all doing good? Lubricated. Yeah, fully lubricated. Nice beers. Yeah. Is that better now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it out there, but I can definitely hear it here. Colin, you probably just want to turn it up slowly until it doesn't make that annoying sound in your head that everyone else is going to have to hear, too. I'd love for everybody to be able to hear the show so that you know what's happening also, so we'll try to get that audio worked out for you. Uh, for you folks at home, uh, you can join us in the chat room and uh, ask all the questions as usual, although we can't take phone calls today uh, because I was too cheap to uh, buy a phone system. Uh, so in the meantime, you can just join Danielle. Just hit the chat now button right on our homepage, thebrewingnetwork.com, and you can ask all the questions that you normally ask. And we've got my favorite mad scientist of brewing with us here today in, in Colin Kaminsky. And uh, the guy is, um, like, half the time I, I, I think he's really smart, and the other time I think he's a lunatic. 
Like, for example... They go hand in hand. Yeah, they do go... <laughs> for example, uh, Chris Graham and I were talking to Colin before the show, and he started to tell us this conspiracy theory that he thinks that Budweiser uh, is, is like... Um, they're genetically modifying their yeast to produce the beer that they produce. Do you think that they're actually doing this genome work on their on their yeast? They're certainly doing the research, yeah. and 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 we they're publishing the research, so we know they're experimenting with it. And the question is, is you know, are they deleting genes that make esters so they can make higher gravity brews and dilute them yeah. to save money? And is there really an alien at Roswell? Um, I haven't done any research into that You're yet, not but sure I'll get back that. to you next show. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to find out. But uh, Colin is fascinating. He's a, he's a scientist as much as he, as he is a brewer, so we're going to be talking about uh, today the science of fermenters because we've talked a lot before about uh, we, we've had the standard arguments, you know, your, your plastic fermenter versus glass fermenter, and then, of course, the uh, highly coveted conical uh, stainless steel fermenter, and we're going to talk about all those things today. I came into downtown Joe's a few weeks ago and was talking to Colin about how we were giving away a fermenter and uh, and he kind of chuckled at how cool that was and also saying you know it's amazing uh, how many people want a conical and have no idea how to use it, it to its to its fullest so that you actually get the advantages of having that shape of a fermenter so uh, it was Colin's idea to actually do a show so that we get to learn all about that kind of stuff so that's what we're going to do today and uh, and, and Jamil Zanishev is going to help us out uh, as we, as we do that as well so uh, the chat room's looking normal everybody's in there with us today everybody is in there with us everybody is fired up and pretty disappointed they can't call in for drunk of the week yes usually oh. we do take drunk of the week phone calls and, and today I'm hoping that we find our own drunk of the week right here no, at downtown no Joe's or anything? Yeah. no nothing you can only chat to us but I'd like to let people know if there's anybody actually at downtown Joe's tonight so how's everybody doing tonight you guys doing alright alright there you are it's uh, pretty much a full house but there's always room for more so come on out and have some beer with us uh, I'd like to say we're only going to be here doing a show for like two hours but every time I say that uh, at right about closing time we're still on on the air, so you never know. It could be 2 a.m. Don't make any promises anymore, Justin. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. I got emails about it last week, like, I thought you were going to finish that segment in 15 minutes. <laughs> and it I went tried. on. I tried. It went on for an hour and a half. I blame it on Chris Graham. It's yeah. now one of the funniest quotes of the BN on our thread in the forum. Yeah, that's true. All right, so uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, let's do a little bit of feedback. And then, of course, we will not skip Daniela's World Vigorously this, this week. Well, maybe I'm not in the mood for doing it this week. <laughs> you have oh. to do it. People were very upset last week that we skipped your segment, and uh, there was more hate mail than I ever uh, wished to receive. <laughs> so before we get to uh, Daniela's World, let's uh, do a little bit of feedback. People were talking about our equipment show last week, Chris Graham, and uh, had some comments. One person uh, said that he found, uh, apart from the, the full boil, which is something that we said that you should have a, a kettle that you can do a full boil. That was number boil. one. Um, yeast starters and, and temp-controlled fermentation, all things that, that we need. He says the biggest difference to his brewing was to use a refractometer instead of just a, uh, a hydrometer to take gravity readings. That shouldn't like affect the beer quality. That should just be, make it easier to do. It does make it easier, but to me, in fact, in some tricks that I learned from Jay-Z telling me how to use my refractometer, I think it, it, it does affect the quality in, in the sense of, of hitting your gravity properly, being able to predict that sure. by taking different readings during the boil. Maybe you got to boil a little longer to get it down to what you're, you're targeting, uh, things like that. So I actually, it, it didn't improve my brewing, but that's because I'm horrible. We'll make it a token number six. <laughs> yeah. So oh, my that's, top five. Uh, and even though it was high on our list. And the reason was because he says it didn't improve his brewing. It just made it easier. But to me, it did a little bit of both. And, and anything that makes things easier, is it, just it, it, it makes life better. Exactly. 
For example, just having beer on tap makes life better. Of course. Yeah. Which is actually why Colin uh, started brewing at Downtown Joe's. Uh, he didn't have taps at home and figured he better work somewhere where they do. So. <laughs> well, actually, I had to work off my bar tap. <laughs> That's a good, I might have to do that after this show. <laughs> so if you need me to clean or anything, you just let me know back there. Uh, so that was from uh, Mark from the U.K., actually, one of our uh, United Kingdom listeners. That's what the U.K. stands for, right? It's pretty close. Thank you. <laughs> Here's another one. Uh, let's see. This one's to me, to Daniela, and to Dr. Scott, who's not with us today. He says uh, he's been wearing his Brewing Network t-shirt to uh, his homebrew meetings since he received it, which was like a year ago or something. He says he also wears his iPod all the time and tells everybody what he's listening to to help us promote the show. But he found that nobody listened to him until we appeared in the brewing magazines. And once everybody started showing up with their Zymergy and their BYO, where we got the Brewing Network write-ups in there, then everyone was all excited about the shows, and now they're allowed to listen. My opinion is because that was they were all write-ups about the Jameel show, and, and, and that's actually quality beer radio, whereas what we do is, well, this. So, <laughs> you know. But uh, he was real excited to see that, uh, that at least people were getting excited, but kind of bummed out that he'd been telling them for a year now, and... Uh, it didn't matter until the magazines wrote about us. But I'm happy to hear that the magazine articles are doing well, for other than just patting ourselves on the back, get some new listeners that way. I got another email. He's a little late, but when we did the conical uh, competition, uh, we asked for people to name our show, because we don't have an official name. And this guy wanted to send in his uh, name of shows for us. He want, uh, Since it's always on Sundays, his first uh, name is the After Church Blow-Off. I love that. It's a good name. Mm-hmm. Also, the Hungover Monday Club, because we have that. You'll all notice that we have that effect on people tomorrow. I don't know if I can. It's a family restaurant, isn't it, Colin? I can't read all of these. Uh, yeah, not that one. <laughs> the Whirlpool Fun Club, Lag Time, Super Fart Lag Time. Jamil, I think that's a reference to you and your show. Pretty sure. Your cousin's friends. <laughs> Your cousin's sister. You got to be listening uh, for That's a long time to know what like that means. Too. Yeah. Uh, the Sunday flock, the weekly adjunct. Sounds like a news report. Don't like that one. Yeah, we're not that informative. We're not big into adjuncts. It, it'll be good for the next adjunct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Off gas. No. Oh. As a name for our show. Off gas, right here on the brewing. We're network. getting booze on that one. That's from Brains Tasty, who I think is one of our uh, Australian listeners. And let's see, last email of the day. Just wanted to pass on my thanks for a great show. Currently a podcast listener and still getting caught up. Loves the uh, live episodes where we provide good advice, like on our Scotch We Heavy. He tried to brew that, I think, probably. It must have been after your show, huh, Jamil? And he found us also after uh, uh, the magazine articles. So the magazines are doing well for us. And he just wanted to say thanks for a good show and uh, et cetera, et cetera. We always appreciate your uh, feedback. You can send it to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. I'm and, a little uh, bummed. That's all positive. I know. there was a, Because uh, I got negative for like the last month about how awful I am and what a terrible person I, I am. And I like hearing about how much of a jerk you are. Yeah. Come on. You got that one from me at least. I'm waiting it? for the one. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You sent me hate mail this week. I appreciate that. I'm waiting for the one that like they hate me so much they ask for like my firstborn not to make it. You know, like <laughs> Darwin's <laughs> I really, revenge. When I when I get that email, I know that we are as successful as can be. 
you know, because that means people are really, they care. That's terrible. I don't want to be with you then anymore. Yeah, you have to do that. All this hate. Okay, I don't have all the normal audio that we play with us, so we're just going to have to imagine uh, that you have your theme song. It's now time for Daniela's World Vigorously. Let's find out what's happening. How about uh, you sing it a little bit for me, then? It's uh, in it's in German, and uh, I don't remember how it goes. <laughs> and you just suck. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, please. Well, first of all, I want to start off with really good news for all the beer drinkers out there. Hops was being announced as the medical plant of 2007 in Germany. Isn't really? that beautiful? Another reason for us to drink beer. What does it cure? Um, it cures a whole... Well, it doesn't really cure things, but it helps you to not get certain things and I to get over rash. some things. Will it... Uh where is it exactly? Can you say it on the air? No, it's a family restaurant. <laughs> so according to the researchers, um, the hops finds to help uh, with a whole bunch of different things, actually. It is extremely beneficial in the treatment of, uh, for example, stomach diseases and insomnia. Really? Because it calms people down, and it just makes your stomach calm down, too. I think and it's the alcohol. It's not to do with the alcohol. No, 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 they just... They took hops extracts and then they tried to cure people with that. I so see. it's not the no alcohol. alcohol involved. No alcohol involved at all. So it's even healthy if you just go out to the pharmacy and get yourself a little hops extract. That would be good too. What about that rumor that if you put hops under your pillow, you'll have like really crazy dreams? And Do you know what I'm? Tooth fairy. Will come <laughs> and the beer fairy comes. <laughs> Am I the only last, one? Last thing I want in my house is a fairy <laughs> bringing beer. Yeah. Well, I think you're not very open-minded, Chris Graham. <laughs> this isn't the Friday show, all right? <laughs> no, uh, but am I the only one who's heard that rumor? That no, the, I've heard it too, but see? I think you told me. Yeah, I probably did. Am I spreading this myself? Yeah. Well, hops are so horrific. They make you sleepy. And if you ingest hops, you know, I like to eat hot pellets if I'm a little stressed. Yeah. You are uh, crazy, aren't uh, you? Uh, are I you am. I, I like the taste of hop pellets. Wait, wait. Okay, so let me picture this. So crazy day for Colin at the brewery. You're if out you here. you run by the hop bag and you go, gosh, I'm just going to eat And you're one of those eating pellets. hops? Are you serious? Yeah. Because they're, they're relaxing? They're, they're a soporific. Yeah, they well, make you relax. Okay. You know what they're related to, so this is another evi- evidence that it really is the cousin. Yeah, it's the cousin yeah. of the other relaxing yeah. plant. <laughs> exactly. So the researchers acknowledge that even in minimal hop beers, like German lagers are not so hoppy, but even in those beers, the, the hops will be beneficial for your health. The researcher go further and state that beer works against, and I can't really pronounce this word, thrombosis. Thrombizes? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what it's you're like talking about. Thrombosis. Trombonitis. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the fear of, of trombones. <laughs> exactly. It works well against that. Inflammations <laughs> and even cancer. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm healthy as a horse. See, that's what I think. See, you know, you guys know how much I love to read the stories that that uh, advocate the health oh, benefits yeah. of beer. Oh, yeah. But I'm re- it's silly because you, you, we would be like the healthiest panel of, of people on earth if they were all completely true. Well, And yeah. we're just not. You're just not, and you don't look like it either. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, radio. Uh, in the researchers' opinions, uh, the hop is a medical plan that is not being fully utilized yet, and so they want to do. They want people to drink more beer, apparently. Okay, and uh, oddly Always enough, a good it's, it's a German it study. <laughs> it is a German study from a university in Germany, in Bavaria, of okay. course. And of course, <laughs> in fact, they want you to drink Hefeweizen in particular. <laughs> <laughs> in particular. Yeah. Absolutely. No, but I mean, uh, they were actually talking about really hoppy beers. The hoppier, the better for you. Okay. 
So West Coast beers are probably pretty good for good your for health. Good for you. All right. Then I am a picture of health. Right. And the other story I have for you guys today is I want to show you one other example why Germans are really so anal as can be. Okay. I want to talk about the club against deceitful pouring of beer. Uh, de- deceitful? Deceitful. Okay. <laughs> because you, I guess you could decide in a full way <laughs> to, to pour beer. <laughs> deceitful works for me. Deceitful. Thank you. Deceitful. Okay. So there's this club in uh, Germany, Munich, of course. It was founded in 1899. And it's a, uh, the association's objective is to fight deceitful pouring and to guarantee the quality of beers. So they call themselves beer sheriffs. They walk around Munich all day long and they see if the pubs really pour enough beer. What ah. happens in Germany, Ooh. because we drink out of those huge steins, yeah. you have this big layer of foam. Right. And so you end up with less than a liter of beer. Uh-huh. So the club's only objective is to reduce this and to have people drink as much beer as they can. I, hey, you know what? Thank that you to them. Yeah. That is a noble cause. <laughs> and uh, your mother, Teresa, has nothing on, the, on that group. I know. It's a pretty cool club. Well, the club was, um, when the Nazi regime was taking over Germany, the club uh, was banned for a long time. But it came back in really? 1970. Because I would think that they're kind of like the beer Nazis and they would have fit right in there. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, the Nazi regime didn't want the whole beer thing anyways, you no, know. I so that was, that was not pure. Okay. So they, that they made it back. They came back in 1970 and they've been fighting ever since. In 1984, they had the biggest success so far. They made all the Oktoberfest hosts, the Big Tens, pour in glass steins instead of... Um, um, you know, steins from ceramic or so, uh, that yeah. you could actually see how much beer was in there. All right. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. That's very important. And you might think, well, what's the big difference? But actually, they did a study. If the host uh, pours one 0.1 liter less in the stein during the course of the Oktoberfest, this means an additional 4.2 million euros for the breweries in revenue. Which is just wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's stealing right out of my uh, exactly. that's liver. Like Super Bowl prices. <laughs> it is like Super Bowl prices. It's unbelievable. You know how much they pay? Uh, just a, a little segue, sorry. Uh, I have a listing of how much they, they pay for Super Bowl commercials and how it's grown throughout the year. Chris Graham, uh, it costs nothing. Uh, relatively to run a commercial on the Brewing Network compared to what it costs uh, for... Uh, uh, Are you going to start charging me Super Bowl prices? Well, I, I, I'm thinking about it because I could go on for a couple of years if you would buy just one commercial at uh, Super Bowl rates. We're talking uh, like... I'm sure I get the same audience. <laughs> yeah, I have the same amount of... Uh, well, they're all beer drinkers, right? Like It's like over $2 million per 30 seconds. 30 seconds! Whose time is that valuable? Right, let's do dollar per person watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's where it all goes wrong. That's true. I don't even understand who cares for a super cut, but that's just the me. super cut. So, anyways, uh, back Great to haircut. my back to my beer sheriffs. Yeah, I mean, which is just a dream job per se, isn't it? You can join the association. Every person can join the association for a membership price of three euros per year. Okay. They, um, they of course, they give you the results of their testings on their website, so you know which beer garden to go to and which one is just really. I don't know. I want a badge. Good question. Jamil just told me that this whole beer share thing is really big in the United Kingdom as well. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. By law, they have to have a line on their pint glasses. Oh. If it's not liquid up to the line, they're breaking the law. That's See, I think that's important. And when I was in, in Germany and, and I, I got my first beer and it had, you know, two, three inches of foam you at the top. You want to send it back? Oh, I was pissed. <laughs> I was like, what are you, what is this? What's going on here? 
You fill that up, mister. Well, <laughs> that's how you want to pour a German-style beer, but yeah. you want to make sure... See, I had to the, learn that. You have the liter, and then there is still some glass left, so you can still have the beautiful foam up there. It should, you still it, can right. give the person a liter, though. What do you do without your liter? That's right. It has Mask. to be a larger uh, vessel. It can't be an American-sized glass exactly. with that much foam at the top because, well, it's just wrong. Well, those glasses are just silly anyways, but... I. Uh, what do you have to do to join the, uh, the beer Nazis? Pay three uh, euros a year. That's it. Let's mm-hmm. start a U.S. And then I can be one. And and you like? Can you turn in your receipts and get reimbursed? Oh, you want to be an employee of them? Yeah. Well, you got to send in your resume just like with any job. Oh, I got a good resume. That means you have to write one. <laughs> I think we need to start this in the U.S. I think so too. I'm not quite sure though if you got to be German for this club. Oh, yeah. I'll send them an email. That's why we're going to start it in the U.S. It'll be better anyway. Let yeah. me send them an email and maybe they can give us some information on how to do this in the U.S. Our team will be larger. And it will be better. Ours Team will America? Go, ours will go to 11. <laughs> It'll break down more often, though. <laughs> yeah, but it will. Yeah. And it will be much less effective. <laughs> and it won't be on time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd but like we'll to deny it all the way. Exactly. And we'll keep touting ourselves as and the best. And it's still better. Well, let's get in touch with the association and see what we can do. I think it could be part of this new thing. Have you noticed this new phrase taking hold around the Brewing Network called the BN Army? Yeah. Like our listeners, they really band together and right. they're, and they're kind of calling themselves the BN Army. Maybe the BN Army can like spread out and, uh, and, and fight, uh, uh under filling glassware. You it's kind of like Jonestown, a little bit. <laughs> it's very much like a cult, if that's what you <laughs> mean. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. We're not saving the world, but we do something. Is that Daniela's world, Fagerosli? That's it for today. Well, thank you very much. Hoitzen, schnoitzen, voitzen, goi, dan. That's how it goes, right? It's pretty impressive. (laughs) (laughs) That was her theme song. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We're uh, broadcasting live from Downtown Joe's right here in downtown Napa. If you want to join us, we're still going to be here for a couple of hours and and then probably a couple of hours after that and maybe even an hour after that. So uh, come on down and have a beer with us. Uh, we got a good show planned for you tonight with Chris Graham, Jamil Zanishev, and Colin. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
my turn. Which way do I go? Step out of the car, you're going to jail. No, hey, 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 you are. You got to think about it, might as well try. On a pretty lady, can I give him maybe a Walk the line, heel the toe, tilt your head back, tilt the nose. What? Walk the line, heel the toe, tilt your head back, and tilt the nose. Walk the line, heel the toe, tilt your head back, and tilt the nose. Now we side backwards the alphabet. Up your stick, you do that shit. Later in January, you'll learn about More Beer's history, sales and discounts on More Beer products, get to know team members, and hear coupon codes during the podcast to save you money. So go to morebeer.com or call 800-600-0033. That's 800-600-0033. And don't forget to check in later this month for the new More Beer Monthly Podcast, a production of the Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life, one beer at a time. All right, welcome back. Uh, broadcasting live from downtown Joe's in, in Napa, and we've got the free FM swag rolling around here. they got these wow stickers. I think it's for, uh, I think Opie and Anthony are on Free FM now, and they got this, these, this whip them out Wednesday thing, so they have these wow stickers. But it's kind of funny, if you turn them upside down, then, then it's, it's, it's really kind of innocent, and it just says, Mom, 
And so some of our listeners are are walking around with mom stickers now, and that's always kind of fun. <laughs> I love my mom. Yeah. A little more creepy. Yeah, it beats the... It's like the mom ta- It's like the radio version of that mom tattoo. You know, you get the heart and the mom right there. So we're broadcasting live out here at Downtown Joe's, and I think we're going to be here for, you know, a couple of hours, and we've got lots of beer to taste and lots of things to talk about. Uh, I do need to make some quick announcements before we, we go into our topic for tonight, which is uh, fermentation and uh, specifically uh, how to use uh, different fermenters so that you can get the best out of your homebrew and uh, your particular style of fermenter. So I just want to announce, uh, once again, there are no phones, so don't call our 800 number tonight. It's not going to do you any good, but you can join us in the chat room, and Daniela will get all of your questions over to us as usual. Um, also, there will be no show next week. I know that makes everybody sad, especially Jamil. Yeah, Jamil, you won't be able to listen to us next week. I know that you're bummed out about that. I am. Uh, but uh, I don't even really know why there's no show next week. I think we're just, I think we're going to just mess around somewhere. We're somebody's be- because I told you to not have a show. I think it's somebody's birthday, and we're going skiing instead. And my bad, but that's just the way it goes. So no show next week. Uh, but we are back for the next two weeks right here at Downtown Joe's, and we're going to be doing a, a water show, water show part three this time, Colin. It'll be your third version. I think the first one you weren't there. Oh, that could be. <laughs> but we still call it your water show. And the water, okay. the yeah. water keeps changing. Well, I think that Dr. Scott did one, and then you and Dr. Scott did one together, and then now you're going to do another one together. Yeah, and we really need to do another one. We, we got halfway through what we needed to talk about. So we're going to be doing that. I think that's our next show here. I can see what you're thinking, Jamil. Synchronized swimming. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's the synchronized swimming show here on the Brewing Network. So uh, we'll be doing that one in two weeks right here from Downtown Joe's. And then the week after that, Jamil and Colin will be helping us do um, adjuncts and specialty malts. And and interpretive dance. And interpretive (laughs) dance as well. And Jamil will be in costume for that. So if you ever wanted to come out to um, Downtown Joe's, then uh, it will have been during that show. Also, you need to uh, uh, go to go ahead to the Brewing Network store, and you can uh, check out our merchandise there. And we also have some podcasts up, and that'll help us out. And uh, click those little ads that are on their site too, because that helps out too. All right. So we're about ready to start uh, fermentation discussion, and I think we should start with the basics, Colin. Uh, meaning plastic buckets is where I think we should start that. Well, I think plastic buckets are a great fermentation choice. Uh, they're inexpensive. Um, they don't last very long because they're so difficult to clean, but uh, they're a great place to start. When we're doing trial fermentations, experimenting with different yeasts, um, we'll often take a batch and break it out into a half a dozen buckets, um, and they work real well. The, the big drawback with them, though, is once you put a nick in them, you'll never get that nick sterile again. Now, see, that's my only fear about the about the plastic because, and I got to say this to you too, Chris Graham, because you guys are and 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 Andrew, I'm saying this to all of you since you're here. You're lecturing us. Well, the glass you guys had sold me on the glass fermenter, and because it's it's easier to clean and because it, less chance for infection because it doesn't scratch like Colin is saying the plastic ones do. But it's such a pain to clean. It's so difficult to clean those those parts on the inside that uh, I'm really just I'm about to switch to plastic buckets. Even though you guys are always saying no, well, no, don't do know, the plastic those, buckets. Those plastic buckets. The the problem is if you run your hand inside the plastic bucket, you've you've added scratches. 
But that's that's how easy. Yeah, really. Scratch. But, but, but have you ever played it off of them to see exactly how big a scratch needs to be before your sanitizer can't get it? Right. But, Colin, but, but how that, many, but how many times will you reuse the bucket and trust it? Exactly. You oh, know, maybe you, once or twice. Now, yeah. 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 That's, that's <laughs> really? the real answer right yeah. there. So. There's no careful way, is what you're saying, Jamil, because even if your hand is going to scratch it, there's no careful way to san- to clean and sanitize you it. You know, the PBW to clean it, and then, uh, you know, Star Santa or IOD for to, to sanitize it. It's all about, like, risk management, basically. Uh-huh. And yeah. how much of your time is worth, you know, the ease of cleaning? My time isn't really worth very much. That's right. true. So, <laughs> so you can clean for, you. for a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, but I can spend but, more time. But the thing is... You know, if if you're going to drink your beer really quick, yeah, it, you know, if, if your beer is gone in a week or two, then you know, a bucket's going to last you a good long time as a fermenter, and it's and it's a, a good choice. It's inexpensive. You can replace it every year, yeah, or replace it every you know, Couple ten or every ten brews, ten yeah, every ten batches is, yeah. is 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 fine. Uh, you okay. know, every twenty maybe if you push it. But other than that, you know, so replace it every year. But that's okay. And you're fine. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm all right with that. I, but you got to replace it every year. Because they're because uh, to me, it's it's I'd, I'd be willing to spend that money because they're 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 cheap, and the uh, it's well, it's like having a conical because you can just pop open the top and reach your hand in there and clean it, and that's yep. what I'm talking about with yep. the with the sure. plastic. Mm-hmm. So without having talked about the science behind using plastic fermenters, I'm just saying that despite all the hoopla, uh, I'm really leaning toward. I think my next batch is going to be in plastic buckets. It's a good piece of equipment. Uh, I've used plastic buckets many times, but I usually throw them away after. Well, or use them for something else after every two to three batches. You do okay. Yeah. What do you use them okay. for afterward? Uh, sanitization. It's good to have just a bucket of sanitizer. Just buckets in general. They're kind of fun. You and can make sand castles. Well. And yeah. you don't want to get in there with a scrubby and clean your fermenter. Well, sure, you don't. And and but what I kind of think is that because you can just open the top, you don't have to. You don't have to get in there with a with a real abrasive scrub because you have access to it. So, but that you make a good point. You don't yeah. use that green side of the sponge. Right, and, and deep nicks, they're pretty much done. Then it's then it's over. Well, yeah, chemi- and, and, and chemical see- cleaner. Oh, and beware, beware of the uh, spigot. Ah, okay. You know, those of you using a spigot on your fermenter, that's a pretty yeah, it's hard bad. area bad to sanitize. Yeah, I only use spigots for bottling. Yeah. Other, if, if I'm going to ferment in a bucket, then I'm going to rack out of it. And all see, these that's things- the other part that I like the bucket for, is that right now i got to start a siphon, i got to put the whole thing in there. Oh, it's so hard to start Where I could siphon. just turn the knob, you know, and just, uh, there it goes. You, just turn instead it. of making the beer, you could just go to the store and buy it? <laughs> How about that answer? <laughs> well, now you're j- that's just ridiculous. <laughs> now you're going too far. You'd have to get up and go to the store. Oh, put pants call. on, good all call. that stuff. <laughs> see, it's not easy at they all. They don't deliver anymore? Yeah. Well, you have to wear pants. Yeah, I've Jamil heard you're the no-pants so. brewer. I am. I, I don't... Uh, I think the pants... In fact, I'm not wearing pants now, but we're behind a table, so uh, nobody <laughs> we're gonna have nobody to have can laugh. No we're worse gonna. for the wear. <laughs> we're going to have to have a safety show. <laughs> yeah, it's a safety and brewing show. Exactly. Now, uh, okay, so again, before moving on to the sort of shape and the science behind the plastic, what about... I do have a question, and, and this... Uh, Maybe a, a, a plastic bucket lends itself to a certain type of a beer. I wonder if you could do uh, the beers uh, that are more sour and have wild yeasts in there. If you'd want it, like uh, kind of like inoculating a barrel, which has all of the openings and the grains. Uh, does the same apply to a bucket if you only use that for your saisons or your lambics? I do my Flanders in plastic buckets. You do. But you and do that to avoid not carrying them to other equipment? Or? Yeah, no, 
I do it for, for the oxygen. Uh, I do Flanders. I, I've got a side-by-side Flanders in a plastic bucket and a uh, five-gallon carboy right now. And the pellicle forms and drops much faster in the bucket than it does in the carboy. You're going to get a little more acetobacter, a little more vinegar okay. in that plastic bucket when you do that. I, I don't think, um, you know, oak is, is far more porous, and you're going to get a lot more of the bacteria surviving in the oak than you would in the plastic. What if you sanded the bucket with 80 grit? <laughs> yeah, that might work. An excellent point. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, again, I think it's actually better as far as controlling what you're doing to start fresh each time anyways okay. and to yeah. rely on what's what's living, the, the flora and fauna living in there. If you're not brewing, you know, a Flanders continuously like Rodenbach for 800 years or 1,000 years, uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna get some variance and and I I think it's better to start I always start with a fresh bucket and not not a fresh fresh bucket but one I've been using for other things <laughs> and then when I'm ready to get rid of it I I do my Flanders in it and I start with a fresh pack of the Y East Rose Lair and I think you know it's much more controlled okay but it, it produces way more oxygen uh, allows way more oxygen into the beer than oak does well and o- that's over what, I- what time frame yeah. Um, it's, it's just uh, permeability over the same uh, amount of time versus the size. Because uh, like Rodenbach, they use really large oak vessels. And so the surface area versus the volume in uh, oak uh, Raj Apta, he uh, worked out the numbers on all the, all the different plastics. And uh, what he uses is a uh, – we're getting off topic here. But he uses a, a, it's okay. a, a oak uh, chair leg. Uh, he gets from Home uh, Home Depot. He, he cuts it down and he he sticks it in there and fits it into a carboy because mm-hmm. that gives you the actual oxygen permeability that Rodenbach uses right. based on the size of the barrels. They're huge oak vats, and you have a, a large volume and the surface area to volume, uh, you know, is much lower. And uh, the uh, the high density plastics used in the the plastic buckets they uh, let a lot more oxygen through. So he now, inoculates a, a chair leg, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, well, it'll pitch, <laughs> and then he'll let the the chair leg actually touch the liquid. Yeah, and it'll weep up to the top of the cut chair leg, and then he'll reuse that chair leg in other carboys. Yeah, just and it's very similar to what what they're doing over in uh, Flanders. That's such a great idea. Now the the thing is, I I use plastic and I get a really good result. Okay. Now I I'm using the rose layer blend. I, you know I've, I've got a I'm uh, I got the mentality of more production and repeatability versus you know the art and science of or, or more the art of you know wild fermentations. So. Yeah. Yeah. So now that that makes me think that you would you then only use it in primary fermentation, and then because it's so open and oxygen permeable, that you take it out of plastic later, or you just leave it there. Actually, what, yeah, what I do is uh, I'll ferment with um, a California ale yeast or a 1056, okay, to knock down the majority of the fermentables. And then it goes into the plastic bucket. Oh, and then so I the put the rose layer, and I'll throw in some oak cubes and stuff like that, and it, and it sits for six months to a year. Really? So yeah, you no. don't have the a staling effect from from that O2 getting in. That's a desired quality. Yeah, you want you, exactly. you want you the sale. It see. opens up a lot of those okay. characters. But uh, yeah, you, you know the pellicle needs to form and drop, and that's oxygen based and a okay. lot of different things. I see. So in that in that sense, you're you're actually utilizing the uh, the downfalls of the plastic right, bucket. Okay. Right. If you're if you're gonna if you want a beard age if you're brewing a barley wine for example, mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, one of the, the benefits people who keg beers is they can brew something like a barley wine. They want to age it for several years. You put it in a stainless keg, you know, evacuate with CO2 and store it away for three or four years. It's great when it when it comes out the other end. Yeah. If you put it into a plastic bucket and let it sit there for a year, it's going to get so oxidized, you're not going to want to drink it. Right. You know, you're really limited to, you know, maybe a month or so in a plastic bucket uh, before a lot of that uh, is a bit too much. See, that's why I think that uh, aside from the, the scratches inside, as long as I replace it often, a plastic bucket is, is seems like such a great primary fermenter because you're never, I mean, in general, with my ales, I'm not leaving them in for more than a month. I shouldn't be. Yeah. And uh, take them out of there and I'm ready to go. Every, every fermenter is, a, is great in one way or another. Yeah, They're and that's one of them. What my, my rule of thumb with plastic was to be in them during primary fermentation, period. Okay. And then transfer into glass after a maximum of seven days. Okay. Really? And that's the old school, like, I mean, Charlie Papazian book, which we've got to love Charlie, but that book was written before I was born. And that was the yeah. mindset was, you know, get into something easy, open, get the fermentation with very little head pressure. That's that's the whole main concept. Oxygen can come in when oxygen's important. Then get it out to where it's in a much safer area to go to a fully topped up carboy and let it age out. Okay. However, I mean, a lot of us have done a lot of experiments where it's a lot easier, safer, and better product to just go into one fermentation vessel. Right. I, I, let's just... And just, not do secondaries? Well, that we're let, getting let's at? Let's discuss what secondary really means. I mean, we all call it secondary because of a certain book. But really, are we adding more sugars to make an actual second fermentation? No, we're just aging it. True. Right. And so it's oh. really not a secondary anymore until yeah, I, I don't we're, do we're that. trying to avoid the uh, flavors of autolysis. That's yeah. really what we're trying to do. Yeah, sure. But that doesn't take but place that's not for a secondary. quite a while. That's not rejuvenating a fermentation. We're just getting it off, and we are trying to, to avoid that. But I think there's been enough experiments to show that doesn't happen under 21 days on a typical anything over 10... 36 starting gravity. If you start with a healthy yeast, yeah, you're you're really uh, you're going to get some cells that die. Any anytime you get over five percent alcohol, you're going to start getting cells that die. But it, it's not. Well, that it's much. also it's, temperature dependent. Yeah, if, but if you're able to chill that. But that again, aging. you know, if you start with healthy healthy yeast, it's not a big deal, and and you can go quite a long time without getting any off flavors in it. And let's face it, if you're brewing anything under 5%, uh, well, you're just silly. <laughs> you just know. wasting your time. Yeah. Like, uh, hey, I brew a 4% beer. <laughs> then you should take on another hobby, like making guitars or something. <laughs> is, that, is that the, I was reading that lazy summer American wheat, and I kept reading it as lazy American summer wheat. I like that name a lot. Yeah, better. can you change It goes that? either way. <laughs> is that your 4%er there? The, yeah, the it's 4.2%. That's not bad, actually. I, I'm joking. I like a good 4% beer for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, you still gotta go to work after that. It, it's, it's a good one, actually. It's, we call it lawnmower beer. <laughs> Okay, let me pass along a couple of questions uh, that we got from the chat room, and then we're going to do a tasting before we continue with our fermenta- uh, ferment- fermenter discussion. Um, someone was asking, uh, in, to clean plastic, if, if you were to just blast it with, uh, with water and, and to, to actually kind of clean the, the dirt. Avoid any abrasive. And a high-pressured water could be a, quite an abrasive. Even if it's just water and doesn't have PBW or anything in it? A high high enough pressure, absolutely. Then it could be. I mean, you can cut stainless. You know, you with high sure. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, well, be, but yeah, be but smart about. It. I'd rather you use a chemical 
longer period of time, just like a carboy. Okay. A chemical for a longer period of time, such as PBW and warm water. Yeah. And a, a cloth than any kind of scrubby pad. Right. And, yeah, see, my problem is that even with the leaving the chemical for a long time, the problem is that I left the the, the carboy dirty for longer than yeah, I'm well, leaving. Well, you got to work on that. <laughs> yeah, because it's like sad. When you there. cook dinner, do you clean the plates yeah. after? No. Yeah. No, he doesn't. Yeah, but exactly. PBW <laughs> will grind away. Yeah. At, at anything deposits yeah. and, and when I do my carboys, yeah, uh, you know I'll, I'll empty a carboy, I'll take it out to the yard, I'll rinse it out, and then I'll put in a little dash of PBW. I actually use about half the recommended amount. Is that right? Uh, Is that because you're cheap and it's expensive, or because you found that that works? Because uh, I would do it's it. It's about all you need. It, it works beautifully over time, and, it, and if you put too much in. You have trouble rinsing it out later. Yeah, PBW is very difficult to yeah, rinse. So you get that slimy. Kind uh, of no, a you get like a flaky white, uh, uh, like a scale that okay. comes up. At okay. least I do. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so I'll use about half the amount, and I'll let it sit for a week. And you know that carboy is clean inside. You know everything. You know gets scrubbed off. It's at the bottom. I rinse it out. I use a brush, a carboy brush, in there, and it turns out great. Does it have to be warm water when no. you use it? No, no, but it works if, if faster it, and easier. Right. Yeah. If you need it that same day, it needs to be warm. Okay. It needs it needs to be you know a, a fairly hot uh, solution. Okay. If, if you're gonna leave for a week like I do, um, it doesn't matter what temperature it is. You know, uh, average daily temperature. Unless you're in you know a cold uh, climate, then bring it indoors. I think we have listeners in Alaska. Yeah, bring, bring it, it, bring in. it in, bring it indoors, mm-hmm. and you know room temperature will do it. Okay. The, the rule of thumb we were always given was that for every ten degrees Celsius you raise a cleaning chemical, the time contact time is cut in half. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. In fact, I did it uh, uh, about two weeks ago. I had to I had left my carboy out for way too long. And it was dirty, and I put PBW in it. But we just used the cold hose water. It was during our cold front here, and it did not cle- uh, It didn't clean nearly as well. Yeah, uh, you want to make sure for a couple of weeks. You but, mo- yeah, we yeah, had to sit longer. You want to make yeah. sure it actually like dissolves too, because if you see most of it, yeah. still in powder form. And it dissolves better in warm water Absolutely. than it does in cold water. Absolutely. So just something you want to think about in terms of uh, wasting PBW. And, um, and also be smart about how warm you bring it. I mean, the hotter you bring any kind of chemical, the more gases it's going to give off. Right. So just be smart when you're standing over. If you're dumping boiling water on the PBW, stand to the side. <laughs> Go ahead and uh, wear goggles. Yeah. Put your pants on that day. Yeah. yeah, maybe you want to wear pants when you clean. I'm talking more of the respiratory system, but sure. <laughs> Whatever. Just don't, you can brew without pants, you just can't clean yeah, without and pants. And then don't breathe, yeah, be very careful, uh, you know, PBW, to get that dust up and get it in your lungs, it really burns. And, so and yeah, and very, else very careful. Avoid the eyes. Don't ask why I say that, just trust me. <laughs> any, any mucous membrane. Okay. Uh, as soon as we start talking to mucus, I'm moving on. Um, <laughs> A question that I would ask that came through from the chat room. Uh, someone wants to know if you, you know, if you if you nick your plastic carboy, then if you steal a plastic carboy, if you steal a plastic carboy, yeah. <laughs> I've spent too much time in England. <laughs> no, you know, if you, you got a good scrape in there, a good uh-huh. nick. Uh-huh. If you scrape it down like with a sharp knife, oh good God, will that make things? I told you it's a question that I would ask, but I didn't this time. Here, here's a great example. I've got a bucket that's been in the brewery for a couple of years. Okay, and I drop fittings in it all the time. And it gets these little triangular shaped nicks in it that grow mold. And I use caustic. I don't mess around with this PBW stuff. <laughs> I use chlorinated you caustic. You want something uh, very pollutive. Basic, 
Yeah, this is basically bleach and Drano mixed together. Okay. And I can't get all of the dark stain out of the bottom of the Nyx. Wow. Meanwhile, there are birds dying outside of downtown Joe's. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> no. Yeah. So it, and, and it, anyone, it really do be very careful. Anyone who has the free time to try to scrape down <laughs> these nicks, because there's it's billions funny. of them in there, uh, the I will is, hire to package right. something. I the truth now, is I joined the chat room and asked that question I, I, myself. I think, I think if you had the time... And you had amazing <laughs> dexterity. Yeah, and, this, it could and work. A very, very sharp blade. Yeah. Uh, you should have gone to med school. No, no yeah, but you here's could, you, you could, could probably it. improve it I, somewhat. I, well, but. no, I think you could do better with the blowtorch inside of there. Right. Yeah, yeah, melt it. Yeah. You, the the I, way I you would do it Chris, and, yeah, and, and know around. that it would work would be to use sandpaper. And you would sand it out to 10,000 grit. Right. And right. then it get, would be off to a lighter, lighter. That's grit. what they do with aircraft windshields to repair them. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It could be done. I got some of that at home. Okay. Yeah, couple, right. Couple it, of weeks you know, worth of effort. Go, go, go to mu- micromesh.com. How much is that it. sandpaper and how much is a bucket? <laughs> Good point. The All sandpaper right. isn't cheap. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we got a lot of our uh, Brewing Network listeners hanging out here today, which is awesome. We got to meet a few new people. I'm glad you guys all came out. And one of them that came out, uh, a couple of them actually brought us some beer, which is a cool thing. Always a good thing. Very cool. And uh, one of the gentlemen who came out uh, goes by St. Terrace in the chat room. He's also affectionately known as Token. <laughs> uh, he's our Token listener. And uh, he, he gave us his beer, which I think we have in front of us here. Do we know what kind of beer this is, Daniel? Rye Pale. Rye Pale. It's his Rye Pale, and he gave it, and he left. He had the go oh, i think he too bad. i think the uh, his better half said uh, you know we have better things to do than listen to these bozos <laughs> it's, it's a nice small beer too since she saw us i think it was like uh yeah she gave us we're not staying she gave us five minutes <laughs> very nice yeah they were both very nice and he gave us his beer and he would like us to taste it and give an evaluation so got, uh, got a nice uh, floral uh, hop uh, nice nice hop, hop nose to it does smell nice bit of alcohol going on there you can you can smell it the alcohol, yeah. yeah, it's almost got that uh, rubbing alcohol smell. See, I don't. Uh, I'm still a little stuffy, so I don't know if I can get that. I don't get the hot alcohol though. Nice finish it's to a, it. It's a, a, I actually got really a good enjoy the aroma. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this isn't like exactly fusel alcohol. Okay, it's more like just that. It's a big beer, just but slightly. Yeah, it's a, it's a little hot. Okay. All right, let me have a taste here also. And then I got a couple of other questions that came through from the chat room that I'll ask. You can join us in the chat room. Hit the chat now button on the homepage and ask Danielle all the questions you want. We'll uh, get them taken care of. Got a nice, uh, light, slightly fruity, good hoppy balance to it. Yeah, I, good I ester. Love, yeah. I love that finish. Good ester character. That's an easy drinking 8% alcohol beer. It is really smooth. Yeah. I think it's really enjoyable. Yeah. And the, the rye really doesn't come through a lot. There's a slight rye spiciness to it, but yeah. it's a minor subcomponent. Is that the rye characteristic? Because I've had a lot of beers where they, they have that real spicy character, particularly in IPAs. Is that a rye characteristic? Uh, it could be from all sorts of things. Yeah, it can be a um, hot character, too. Okay. Yeah, but in this, in this case... Um, you know, we're going to assume it's a rye. Yeah, yeah. okay. Because he, that's what label. it is. <laughs> where, I, where I get rye is in the dry finish. It finishes dry. Yeah, but, you know, it can finish either way <laughs> based on the rest of the process. It has a kind of also like a of, of a vanilla cream type of flavor to it also. I don't know if vanilla is the best word, but definitely like a cream ale. Um, it, it's smooth, it has a real smooth character like that. And I feel like I taste a... a 
I don't know if that's a characteristic of the rye too. When you make a rye, is is that your main base malt then, or that's just a, a, a something extra that you use when you make a beer out of rye? You can do it both ways. You can do both, okay. Yeah, but most people to add, you know, you add on to your base malt as opposed to replace. Right. Okay, right. I'm going to finish you, you mine, might, Daniel. Might go, Thank you. you. Me too. I'm finishing Chris's too. We, uh, I, I think this is an excellent beer. Here is a here's a good note for you, uh, Token. Well, we just got passed around the dump bucket, which we often do when we do tastings. And uh, Jamil and I, we don't want to dump our beers. We want to finish it. Not only is I Jamil finished finishing his own beer, he's also taking what somebody else dumped. That's that, that was me, and God knows Jamil, Jamil knows that's me better disgusting. than that. What diseases I'm picking up here. Yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, no, I, I think this is an excellent beer. I think this is really well done. I think so, too. I think, uh, like it. you know, I, I'd score this, uh, you know, minimum upper, th- it depends what category it's under, but minimum upper 30s, low really? 40s. Wow. This is really wow. well done. And, and what category would you put it in? Maybe it's, it's you know, I've been drinking some hoppy beers, but. Uh, I, I'd put it in a pale ale. <laughs> you just belittled all your comments. Yeah. Well, no, I, well, I, I've had some of Colin's excellent uh, IPA. Yeah, it's so a mean IPA. That's going to affect my hop perception. Yeah. But uh, I think it's really well balanced. I think the finish is, is really fantastic. And I think, uh, yeah, a, a pale ale or, you know, I, I don't know that I'd really mention the rye aspect of it. Okay. But uh, I think this is a great beer. So you would have put it in a, in a pale ale category, maybe yeah. more than an IPA or yeah, anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it would, it it's would too light. Yeah, it's too hard in yeah. a pale ale. But it's what? It'd be off in a pale ale. I think off in what? Uh, just the character, especially the finish. It has that. I mean, I know you find it real smooth, but I find it a little bit harsher than what I would expect a pale ale to taste like. Uh, his that, other beer that, that we're alcohol now bite right at too. the end. I mean, that's an eight percent alcohol. Yeah, beer. but you that's know, I, if you wouldn't have told me it was eight percent, I never would have known it. Never. It's but I, I but I told well, you. Well, you know, I, I, you can smell that alcohol to start with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but you know, you also awesome. smell that nice little estery thing going on, and yeah. they, they complement each other. You would yeah, have known would it have, when uh, Chris Graham started taking advantage of you later on. Chris has a good point about. It wouldn't have been the first time. Chris has a good point about the alcohol perception in that. Yeah, I don't know. So maybe, maybe enter is a specialty. That's exactly it. Right beer. But I, I think that's a great beer. I think that's really, really well done. Okay. And we've got another one of his here. I don't know if we're going to do a full evaluation. We'll taste it. And I got to ask a couple other questions to you guys and we'll make a few comments about his beer too. Um, I do want to give a, a congratulations. One of our, uh, listeners, home, homegrown hops. Uh, longtime listener uh, scored himself a job at Anderson Valley Brewing Company, nice. which is a good deal and a great brewery. Um, not only do they produce good beer, but they got an awesome facility out there. They got their own water treatment plant, which is pretty cool. They're good to the environment, and uh, it's a good place to be working for. So, congrats to HH. That's awesome it's for kind doing of, that. Kind of way out there in the middle of nowhere, but it is out there. But uh, I guess if you're going to stay out there, then um, it's a cool good, good place to be. Great festival every year. And then a bit of an off-topic question, but I'd, I'd like to make sure that we answer all of our listeners. Uh, someone wants to know the difference between, um, in talking about grains, uh, they want to know the difference between Golden Promise and Maris Otter. So, uh, they're, Boy, they're I've brewed batches side by side. They, they work almost the same in the brew house. Tell me where they, where they hail from first they're, so I know. They're, they're both um, cultivars of grains. So people talk a lot of times about uh, different grains and say, oh, use Maris Otter. It's like, well, what maltster? Because okay. yeah. Maris Otter and Golden Promise are cultivars of grain. They're types of grain. Okay. And the thing is, um, you know, different maltsters can make them taste different based on how they malt them. I mean, you could make, uh, you know, 
roast, uh, you know, a black patent out of Golden Promise if okay. you wanted to. Okay. And that's going to be different than an English pale man. Uh, traditionally, they'll make them into English pale malts. And there's a couple of uh, beers that are made. There's a Golden Promise beer made by uh, Caledonian, or somebody makes a Golden Promise beer, all Golden Promise and some hops. And you can taste a slight difference. Uh, you know, I use a lot of Marisotter, and I, I, I've used a lot of Golden Promise. And like Colin says, they're so close that I think you could use either interchangeably. Okay. I used to be very uh, strict about getting myself Golden Promise. I think that's why B3 was carrying Golden Promise, because I begged for it for years, uh, for my uh, Scottish ales. Okay. Because Golden Promise tends to be more of a Scottish malt if you really wanted to kind of get into generalizing and that they way. they kept telling you you didn't need it. And, and, and you know, Crisp uh, Marisotter is another product they carry. You know, Marisotter, Crisp is the malter, and Marisotter is the, the cultivar. Um, and that's is the more base malt of most of the beers here. Right. And like Colin's saying, uh, you can go either way. I, I, I think you're okay using either one. You, okay. You know, if, if you have easy access to either one, with great malts to make uh, all your English beers and for the majority of uh, American-style beers. Okay. Not all American styles. You, you need some domestic two-row. I just picked up a sack of B3 before I came here. Nice sack. It's in my, it's in my, my sack is inventory in inventory again, damn it. <laughs> Colin, you use uh, all English base malts in, in your beers is that right you're not english beer brewery basically yeah i use uh i use mostly crisp malts okay but i uh, i like some of the Weirman, uh, uh munichs and viennas oh okay um and i also uh for the real light recipes i like to use some durst turbo pills gotcha Okay, and we'll be talking more about grains in a couple of weeks, so we'll, we'll get into this a little bit further. A couple of other questions, and we're going to wrap up our uh, plastic fermenters here and, and take ourselves a break. Uh, somebody wanted to know, uh, we were talking about cleaning things. They want to know about using OxyClean uh, to work. And is OxyClean the one that is, is sort of a chlorine bleach uh, base cleanser? Chris Graham, do you know that? Who are you? <laughs> and where am uh, I? OxyClean is a basically a reaction. Uh, is not, it a peroxide? Based? Exactly, it's a peroxide. So it's not a bleach based. Uh, I don't believe OxyClean okay. is, is bleach based. But but make sure when you're doing that bleach, no stainless. Okay, and but OxyClean okay on stainless. They want to know yes. about to also yeah, like runny dirty kegs. Can you use that? that? Yes, absolutely. You can use OxyClean for that. Okay, fantastic. It, it, it does um, make sure you're not getting one with a fragrance or anything like that. Because that's harder to get off. Okay. Okay. Perfect. How about this? Uh, why don't we do a? Um, oh, that's. A, I just got an interesting note about this beer that we're tasting from from St. Terrace. It's a porter that has wild turkey blended into it. Yeah, you can read about half or a, there quor- a quarter of the wild turkey there, buddy. <laughs> He's like, so let's see. I'm gonna buy a bottle of wild turkey that's and throw some hops in it. It's it's, it's too much. Yeah. Um, I disagree. Good work. <laughs> it's like 18%. <laughs> you know, uh, I think the base beer is, is fine. I think, you know, all these beers, when, when you're, when you're trying to do something, especially along the specialty line, on the spicer beer, anything like that, yeah. you need something that's balanced. Okay. So it needs to be a beer first. It tastes like it tastes like cream soda. But yeah, you yeah. get the vanilla. It's, it's don't way you? too much vanilla. Yeah. It's way too much bourbon. Yeah. And so you need a balance between the two, and you need something that is going to, um, you know, marry with the beer flavors 
and then you can say, ooh, yeah, I, this is really nice beer with these characteristics yeah. that make it special. Actually, of of all the advice I've heard you give, Jimmy, the the one I've really taken to heart, I I heard it one morning when I was half asleep during your show, uh, was to whenever we're doing these beers that have the different uh, things added to them, especially if they're not uh, what you typically find in beer. Um, was to start with a beer first. I always really took that to heart that you should it should really be a beer and then have these other flavors kind of helping it as opposed to vice versa. It shouldn't be these other flavors and then it's a beer second. And actually I've always really taken that to I haven't uh, duplicated the advice yet, <laughs> but uh, definitely uh, listen to it. Well, you know, I, I, I'm almost moved to tears that you actually listened to something I've said. <laughs> yeah, it was like I said. I think I, I didn't unusual. have. I didn't have anything else to do, and uh, you were talking. <laughs> but you know, and I think I think it's also important to realize that these these flavors we add should be at just at the threshold of where you know what they are. Yeah, yeah. You know, if if you if if you pick up something and go, "Wow, that tastes just like raspberries," right. then it's way over the top. But if you sit there and go, "What is that? What is that? What is that?" Oh, I know, it's raspberries. Then you probably did a pretty good job. Yeah, okay. Subtlety is great. All right, guys. Give me a quick summary of, of using a plastic bucket as a fermenter. I'd like some of the pros and some of the cons before we before we take a break. Uh, we, we talked about uh, when you would use it. Um, Jamil likes to use it in secondary uh, for those for a Rodenbach type of a beer. I think they're great for any style of beer that's not going to sit for a long time besides the ones that you want to get oxidized characters. Okay. They're good and cheap. Okay. But replace them often. Okay. Colin, what would you say? Uh, wait, wait. Replace oh. them before you need to. Okay. I, I would say to remember that they're picking up oxygen the entire time your beer's in there and that they're difficult to clean. And the the up, the advantage is, is they're cheap. Okay. And, and, and they're cheap, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just an extra advantage. We know that's why you want them. Yeah. And I'll throw in one more thing. Please do. On this, on, on this last uh, bourbon porter, this wild turkey porter, yeah. Um, it's it's not a flaw of the brewer; it's a flaw of the recipe. Okay, yeah, because it's still a clean beer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a well done beer. I yeah, think it's a flaw recipe or uh, you know ingredient, yeah. which is interesting because uh, Jamil's a big. Uh, you're a big proponent of uh, the recipe almost comes secondary uh, yeah, to to the the process. Not very important. Yeah, but, but you know a so. big a big tanker to this uh, by the fireplace after skiing would be great. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's yeah. my you point. Do shots of it <laughs> in two ounce bottles. Yes. I'd, I'd pour it over ice cream or something. It's it's too yeah. vanilla. Too that's too a lot of vanilla for me. It yeah. definitely would make a good uh, beer beer float. But the the dude knows how to how to brew some beer. Yeah, yeah he I does. Don't get he any he brews players. well. Yeah. So uh, St. Terrace, you got to send us some more beer because uh, you get nothing but uh, uh, respect over here, and, and it's all it's all good stuff. Nothing wrong with it; just a little recipe problem with the last one. Okay, so that's going to wrap up our, our plastic fermenters. I think and we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to start talking about uh, glass carboys because that's a uh, that seems to be the one that uh, everyone uh, you know talks about and uses for the most part. So uh, we're going to do that. Uh, you're listening to the Brewing Network. We're broadcasting live from downtown Joe's right here in Napa, and Colin Kaminsky's been nice enough to have us here. So uh, hang in there, everybody. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Give booze a chance. Hey, one, two, one, two, three, four. 
turning out to be a great evening here for the Brewing Network at Downtown Joe's in Napa. You can come join us still because we got uh, we got some time left. It's 902 Main Street right here in uh, Downtown Napa. And I'll tell you the uh, the staff here is being really good to us, Colin, and I appreciate that. Uh, I used to I used to be a bartender and I was a server and I hated every second of it. And these guys actually look like they enjoy what they're doing. It's a it's a good deal you got going well, here. We're real lucky. Our service staff loves beer, and so do we, and so we get along well. Do they get uh, you know on the down low? They get those like after work perks. Are allowed to pour themselves a pint? Uh, uh, no, actually, in fact, we're uh, about to uh, demonstrate one of those rituals. They get the uh, during work. Pours as they well. do. Yeah. They're allowed to have a pint. See, now I may never have uh, left my illustrious bartending career if I was able to do that. <laughs> I had to create this whole thing to be able to drink during work. Of course, work requires being paid. I like to call this uh, fun, <laughs> a hobby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? So uh, we got a rit. Do you want to wait? You want to give it a little time, or, or, or would you like to do the ritual? No, uh, no, let's wait a little bit. Okay, that sounds yeah. good to me because we got a couple of things to get to anyway, and uh, that that sounds like a lot of fun. But we do want you to come out and join us if you happen to be here uh, in the area. Come out to downtown Joe's and have a beer with us. And otherwise, we'll be here uh, not for Super Bowl weekend, but for the two Sundays after that. So uh, put it on your calendars and come out and hang out because Colin's going to be here and Jamil's going to be here. Doctor Scott will be here, I think, for the next. Two shows. And, yeah, he'll be. I think Doc's going to show up at eleven and uh, get ready for the show at five. I'll make sure to empty my couch for him. <laughs> yeah, we have to do that. Uh, I do have to give a, a special thanks and uh, props to uh, our roommate Chad because uh, Chad not only is a good, uh, he's now just getting into brewing, but he's uh, our designated driver and allows us to come out and, and hang out and, and have some fun. And then uh, we're safe getting home. And I would hope that every one of you who's uh, having as much fun as we are is, is going to be safe getting home too. And also, uh, just another, uh, we got uh, Sean Paxton is in the house, and he writes our uh, he writes our, our beer chef column now in the in the weekly newsletter, the monthly newsletter. So uh, sign up for our newsletter; it's going to be coming out uh, end of this week, and there'll be yet another group of recipes on how to cook with beer from Sean Paxton hanging out here. And did, did, Jamil, did you get last month's newsletter? I get every single one. Yeah, I did, think they're pretty good. There, well, I, particularly it's the first time that he's written um, a, a recipe for us, and it really was a, was a great recipe. Yeah. And he put the pictures in there and the whole thing, so it's a it's a good thing. Did you cook his recipe? No, I didn't. But you know, you know, time being what what it was. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of thrilled to just you know read them and uh, you know fantasize about sure. about about uh, being doing, able to, yeah yeah being able no. to cook like that. And, and, and that's a big part of reading is, you know, fantasizing about, you know, various yeah. things. What, having, what, what having, are you I'll tell you what. I'm going to just start sending you random emails, and you can read those and fantasize about whatever <laughs> you want. I'm wondering what Jamil's reading these days that he's <laughs> fantasizing. So he gets the special version of our newsletter, which is very different than what uh, It's version. the lunch meat version. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I, th- I think the newsletter's full of uh, really good stuff. I think it's... You know, just from uh, information, informational. Uh, okay, Doc is here. <laughs> Doc, no. No, let me tell Man, you. Man, I thought you weren't going to make it today, Doc. <laughs> I'm freaking out. Yeah. And uh, just from an informational point of view, yeah. I think there's a lot of great stuff in there. We do a lot less screwing around in the newsletter. Yeah, yeah. No, so, good uh, stuff. <laughs> it's good to the point. Well, thank you very much. And sign up. Uh, just hit the newsletter button right on our main page, and uh, you'll be able to sign up for that. All right. So, so, Justin, every day at 12 o'clock, okay. our staff is allowed to have a half pint of beer. Is that 12 noon or 12 midnight? That's 12 anywhere the sun happens to be at 12 noon high. So twice a day, 
No, that's no pretty much. Uh, if the hours. sun is above the ground somewhere in the world, I it's see. 12 o'clock. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> now I see what you're saying. <laughs> and, and right now it's 12 o'clock, so okay. we all get to enjoy a half pint. Ah, oh, with the staff with as well. With and Jen in here. Oh, fantastic. Hey. Cheers. Cheers to you guys. You're doing a great job down here tonight and serving everybody with good beer. Big round of applause, everybody, for these guys. They're uh, giving you the stuff that you love, and uh, don't be afraid to tip them, you know, because Colin's not going to do it, so you wow, got to do look, it. Look, look. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, and you have to fi- Is that the... You have to finish it? You, I, you have to finish it because we have to get back to work. I feel like a pansy. I have. <laughs> I didn't even take a drink. I was too... All right, I'm going to finish. There's going to be Ready? some dead air. Ready? Right, me and you, Chris Gray. We got to finish now. Cheers. Woo! I think I think that's that's a sin on a crime. You should really be enjoying this. Oh, I enjoyed every minute of swallows it. Swallows by swallows. Enjoyed every thirty yeah. seconds of it. Wow, that's a nice beer and uh, easy. It goes down uh, easily. Unless you're going to get yourself another one that you can enjoy over time. I just did that over the PA system, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should have a staff belching uh, competition before we uh, end the evening. Sarkar <laughs> boys, yeah. And, and one other thing I'd like to say is one of the most prominent people in brewing just walked in the door. Exactly. And, and I want to introduce him. This is George here. Um, we call him Too Tall. George and Too Tall. every brewery I've ever been to in my entire life, they've said, do you know George? He says he comes to your brewery all the time. Is that right? Every brewery I've ever been to has told me about George. And where's George from? Pacifica, California, and a brewer or just a, an aficionado? He's a beer aficionado, he's saying. All right. And I guess everybody knows George. He's kind of famous, and uh, he frequents your place. You know, I haven't seen him in a month, but uh, here he is. Oh, uh, I mean, he Good thinks you, maybe George. you've been frequenting somewhere else. He's a little uh, offended. <laughs> George says it's the top brewery in the Bay Area. And I I'll pay tell you him what, to say that. <laughs> he's on staff. Free beer. Pleasure to meet you, George. Have some beer with us, and uh, welcome. Well, you've been here longer than me, apparently, so uh, you can welcome me. George has been here longer than me. (laughs) Yeah, I do want to say we've got some free FM swag over here because we did our free FM show. And if you want some stickers or some, uh, we've got keychain bottle openers or just on the table over here. And I don't care if you grab it. Go right ahead. Hey, George's taking a shirt. Do it. It's yours, George. It's all yours. 106.9 free FM shirts. And uh, I don't care. There's a table full of them. So go ahead and grab them, everybody. And uh, Make sure to listen to the beer show on Sundays. That's right. And we'll be here again for the next couple weeks. And you can grab yourself a mom sticker uh, while you're at it. It's just uh, I don't know what the I don't know what it's about, but we've got mom stickers at free. It's an Oedipus thing. <laughs> I guess so. We love mom, and you can all be sure I'll be taken off the air by next week for <laughs> promoting mom stickers. <laughs> free FM's not going to be too happy. Uh, quick correction, uh, or not uh, just a, an adjustment to a question asked earlier. The reason that the gentleman asked about the scraping the gouge in the plastic bucket is be, he says that those plastic conical fermenters. He says, uh, I guess that the guys that make them tell their customers to do that if they get a scratch in their plastic fermenters. It's actually advice given by that, according to him, yeah. uh, advice oh, it, given. Uh, it, it probably is. I know both the manufacturers of conical plastic fermenters. Okay. And they're a little crazy, both of them. They're, li- they're a little like Colin, kind of wacky. Yeah. Well, I mean, not that I'm not crazy. Colin's like, you could make your own plastic, you know. <laughs> I, I, and you could. But I, I, I've been working with my hands for a really long time. And it is something that I would try. 
Okay. If I had a plastic conical, yeah. you know, yeah. with yeah. a lot of hand skills, I know how to sharpen a and scraper. You get a lot of I, I'd actually money invested. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if you have a lot of money invested, like in a plastic conical, yeah. that's something I would try. Okay. But I'd also plate it. Right. You know, uh, uh, I, I would make sure it was you can clean it by, okay. by, by doing plating tests. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you guys again about the plastic conical fermenters when we get to conicals because okay. I've seen them. I'm intrigued by the uh, the cost efficiency of the plastic uh, fermenter. And by the way, I have a lot of hand skills myself. I just don't <laughs> know. the wrong kind of hand skill. I don't know buddy. if it's going to help me in the uh, conical fermenter area. Okay. Uh, we're going to move on now to You're glass. You're right-handed, uh, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> what, what gave it away? <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to uh, glass carboys, and I think that uh, they seem to be uh, far and wide the most popular uh, form of, of, of fermenting things. In fact, uh, and, and we'll get into this with Jamil, I was fascinated to find out that Jamil had himself a couple of conicals and uses um, glass uh, carboys more often than he uses conicals, and we're going to find out a little bit about why. And uh, just thought that the folks at home would like to, to know that Daniela's putting mom stickers on her on her ass. And, uh, that was the best part of the show. The show is fading quickly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was by far the most entertaining thing wait, we've wait, done all Jamil night. Jamil is rubbing. Uh, <laughs> well, it has to stick, right? He has to make sure it's not going to fall off. <laughs> no, it uh, said mom. Now it says wow. <laughs> Jamil, just grab your ass, Daniel. Good, good for you both. I knew there was a good, reason. Good radio, right? Jamil there. just helped me out here. <laughs> I, you got to make sure it's ad- adhesive, and, and <laughs> Jamil's a perfectionist. He doesn't want that thing falling off. <laughs> I should have taken more of the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Much too quick and next time. All right, so I uh, solely ferment in in glass carboys, and I've just expressed to you guys kind of the the only downfall I have is, is it's it's kind of a pain to to clean. Um, other than that, they've they've actually worked uh, great for me. I've uh, the only infection problem I've ever had came from uh, bottling. I actually had some gushers, but I've never uh, had any problem as far as keeping things clean and sanitized in glass. So they're definitely uh, now, good for that. Let's talk about some of those. Now, do you know those gushers were from the bottles? Well, did all of them have gushers? Then it's from your carboy and earlier. Could have transferred uh, it right from over. the bottles. Good it point. Was, it was probably and it could have been my bottling have, bucket. You'd then have at that random point, random choices. Yeah. Um, half of them were gushers. Is what happened. Then it's bottle. Yeah. 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 Half of them were gushers. If they have another car. Boy, it'd be all of them. Okay. How okay. drunk were you in the cleaning the, of your bottles? The time well, that's I irrelevant, had, Chris. The, the time I had half of my bottles gush, it was because I mixed the priming sugar in poorly. Oh, you put too much. In well, I, I I I put I filled my my bottling bucket, and then I put the sugar on top and tried to figure out how to mix it in. Ah, so right. all the ones I poured first. Um, sure. Or undercarbonated. All the ones I poured last were gushers. And hey, that actually, hey, wait, folks, this is a guy who can build a glider <laughs> that you would go up like you know fifteen thousand feet up in the air. Yeah. Before yeah. that statement, I had thought about asking you to uh, take me up in a, in a glider because I'm into that stuff. Now I'm thinking, forget about it. In fact, uh, Colin's a big sailor too. Or. Yeah, like me wants to sail and doesn't actually do it. And doesn't actually. And do I used it. to teach sailing when and, I was a and kid. And Justin does too. But yeah. would you want to go out in a boat with him? Not then? anymore. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> although I would be confident that if we were stranded in the middle of the ocean, if there was anybody that could uh, make us survive and get us home, it would be Colin. He'd build us an engine out of turtles and and trout. I'd at least know how to get us pure water. <laughs> <That's true>. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, there's no trout in the ocean. That's how good he is. 
if he could still make an engine out of uh, grow turtles and trout. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, car boys. <laughs> so, what I want to talk about is uh, not only the... I, I don't want to just focus on the advantages and the disadvantages. I want us to talk about those, but I want to talk about different techniques and tips that, w- that you guys have learned about using your carboys and how to make it easier to use them and, and how to get the most out of them, because I think that all that often that's not included in, the, in your instructions. Justin, oh, l- instructions let me give you the tip. The carboy? <laughs> let me yeah. give you the tip. Buy a carboy. The, the whole tip. The big tip. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Let me give you the big tip here, Appreciate Justin. that. Yes. I know you like the big tip. <laughs> and the big, t- the big tip is... <laughs> yes. Uh... You don't even know what it is. You can't even see. This is the story of your life, Jamil. As soon as it comes to the big tip, you're at a loss. I got, I got, I got a couple of things. <laughs> One is um, yeah. uh, I really like carboys. That's a tip. And, and yeah. boys in general, yeah. for that matter. Yeah. Boys and, and cars. Mom, boys. Yeah. And yeah. No. <laughs> Okay. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna let you get to your point. Couple of things. So uh, one is uh, if you're doing loggers, the whole reason I used uh, conicals was for loggers, getting rid of the troop, getting rid of the cold break, uh, having a nice clean work. Because sitting on that for too long can cause off flavors. Uh, yeah. There's there's uh, you know flavors are gonna happen from that as well. But uh, what I switched to was the whirlpool chiller. Ah, and right. chilling the wort down to lager temperatures in the in the brew kettle, yeah, and then running uh, you know clear wort into the the fermenter because um, you know uh, down to sixty degrees or you're you're only getting like forty percent of your cold break. The rest of your cold break is happening from sixty to thirty two. I see. Uh, so you're getting sixty percent of that below that. So when you get down to lager temperatures, you're you're generating more cold break. And so you're getting your uh, wort so, down to sixty degrees with your. In the yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Mr. Malty. Right. So, MrMalty.com. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things, if you're going to do loggers and carboys, you need to, you know, do that whirlpool chiller thing or some, something to get the, the temperature down before you get to the carboy. Okay. Or you need to rack carboy to carboy. Okay. Now, what's the problem with uh, uh, transferring the trube into the fermenter? Uh, a little too much trube. You're going to get, uh, you know, you're going to generate more esters. You're going to generate, uh, you know, uh, fix was... Uh, Fixated on uh, getting rid of cold break, and he would uh, crash cool his. He'd run boiling wort into uh, corny kegs and then submerge them in ice, trying to get the most uh, cold break he could. Well, and the and, big lager um, breweries do this, and I've right. read these papers. But and, and, and the only way you're going to get rid of all the cold break is to filter the beer, filter the wort. And, and and if you don't filter it, there's plenty of cold break. People will go, oh, you need the cold break in there. It uh, provides the yeast can build sterols and you know uh, membrane permeability. And it, if you can see the cold break, there's too much cold break in there. Uh, a couple other things: the stick-on thermometers. They go bad over over for me four years. Yeah, mine are actually after two years. Uh, mine are a waste, but I used to s- uh, have mine my carboy sitting in water uh, to, as a. T- yeah, uh, I don't know what what you're doing. They, don't, they don't survive wet dry cycles. So you mine are reading high over four degrees high. The more you can avoid direct over sunlight four. on them, the better they yeah. last. Yeah. They, they, so I, I would think sunlight is probably beer. the big thing. Okay, I, I would agree with Chris. I, I, I bet you sunlight does it. <laughs> okay, so uh, check those. And replace those. All right, so there's another carboy tip. And then uh, I had another one, but 
You know, the beer here at downtown Jerry's. It's really good. Darn good. Yeah. 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 Colin. We're going to have this issue oh, over the next you. couple of weeks. Wait till yeah. we get here with Dr. Scott. Wait and you guys are Colin. talking water chemistry. <laughs> and be like, ah, I need water. Yeah. I got to go make some water right now. <laughs> My dip tube is longer than your dip tube. It's a time continuum. <laughs> All right, Chris Graham, uh, give us a couple of the the benefits and the and and, and the downfalls of glass carboys in general. Uh, cost is the biggest benefit in my mind for what you get for the time of use. I mean, I have carboys I've been using probably 14 years now. Wow. And I mean, unless you drop them, and and Colin can tell you this later on, don't try to catch them if you're going to drop them. And so uh, that that's probably the scariest thing about them, but. There's no reason to ever stop using a carboy because they can always be cleaned. It's glass. It's easy to clean and sanitize. Uh, my biggest tips are two things. One, fermentation temp control. A simple one is to put a wet T-shirt on them and the wicking action. And for some reason, I think the glass speeds that up. Mm. I don't know how. And if you if you put a fan on that also, absolutely, yeah, uh, it, it does even better. Oz uh, taught me that when he and ice water in the bucket if you think you're overheating. Sure, and, a, and an air conditioner controlling <laughs> that, and a fridge and a and, uh, and a firm wrap yeah. too, and uh, one of those belly dancers who can wave a yes, uh, fan yes. on it herself. Yeah, I started putting my firm wraps underneath the carboys. Sure, radiant uh, heat, great idea. Goes, goes up. Yeah. yeah, I used to wrap them around the outside. Really, got more contact. So you area. sit it right on top. It's even easier because yeah. you have better contact. Uh, Rises real, yeah. real quick. Uh-huh. What's what's the well, firm wrap? Just real quick. Going. It's that. Uh, it's, it's a, a sheet it's of a plastic sheet that's yeah. got uh, conductive stuff in there. Uh, more beer sells them. Uh, they're about thirty bucks. Uh, you plug it into whatever controller, and it it's you know, forty watts, so it's uh, nice, plenty of heat, delicate heat. Yeah, and, well, and it's and this 20, guy, it's twenty watts per square foot. And this guy next to me is one of the the bringers. Yeah, oh, I, found, I found that particular Look. product. It's and awesome. It was, a, it was a man who was raising snakes and using them in the floor of his snake aquarium. Which but is I almost the same thing. The it's chip. really pretty much the same thing. But I, but I will tell you one thing. You can go down to Walmart and for like ten bucks, you can get a heater like pad, a blanket, <laughs> electric thing. heater yeah. pad. Yeah, those, do the same those thing. work oh. pretty good. Come on, Walmart. The, the problem with it is support your um, local homebrew shop. It's, it's not. It's not the same thing. Yeah, right. Okay, because so the thermal, the watts per square inch is higher. Well, that yeah, and that and they're not they're not using exactly the same thing. A lot of them using nichrome wire in there, I think. Yeah, and so uh, you get kind of the sun even heating from those. I and I, I, I snagged one for my wife to, to use because I was out of firm wraps. And uh, like you I don't, don't think have it's exactly the same thing. Carte blanche. You're right. also killing babies right if you if you buy that from Walmart. <laughs> I don't know where that's written, but exactly. somewhere it says you. Or you're, there you're goes another sponsor. You're helping with <laughs> inbreeding. I'm know. really good at that, Colin. Right. You realize that you and Chris Graham are my last sponsors on Earth that I haven't offended yet. So back to carboys. <laughs> yeah. My last tip for them: carboy hoods should be your best friend if you have a carboy. Mm. I agree. I mean, they, 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 make, they make getting anything out of the carboy the easiest thing in the world. So you don't mean in place of using the um, uh, the airlock. You, you don't I mean during fermentation. You mean in terms of during fermentation, if you have a blow-off, yeah. it's great. You just run tubing. You have a 3A size or a half-inch size I or agree. both. And I probably agree for different reasons as well. All, all the things that Chris is saying... But these uh, carboy hoods, they're, it's like a plastic hood that goes over the entire opening of the carboy. Keeps them nice and sanitary. So any dust, anything like that is not building up. You uh, Instead of using a stopper, the stopper allows a lot of dust and stuff to build up in around the top of the carboy and in between the stopper and the carboy. 
And when you go to repitch the yeast or get your beer out of there, your it dust carries a lot of bacteria, wild yeast, things like that. And being able to uh, uh, use those carboy hoods, it keeps that whole thing sanitary. Also, and you stopper, can hook up all sorts of things. Stoppers fall out a lot, yeah. Especially yeah, they the very, yeah, lot, very yeah. beginning when they're wet. Wet glass and wet stoppers. I mean, the stopper will bounce right out of there. I, I like to take my stoppers and spray them down with uh, alcohol. I bet you do. And, <laughs> and you spray them down with alcohol, and it dries all the water off, and they stick better, and it also sanitizes them. I find that if I spray my life down with alcohol... <laughs> uh, it lasts a lot longer. Yeah. Your liver, at least. Things go better in Bars general. work the same way. <laughs> yeah, I think just spray the better. bar down with alcohol, yeah, carbo- everybody's happy. Carbo hood, good, good call. I, I think if you're going to use carboys, buy the carbo hoods. It's what six bucks? Two dollars and fifty cents. Okay, two fifty. Yeah. Do all wow. shops call them the carboy hood, or is that a proprietary? No, term? no, it's that's a, what they're called. Two fifty. Buy one for every single. Because oh, you need one. You need two sizes minimum. Buy two of each. Okay. So well, you know, one, one's for the six gallon, and one's for exactly. the five. And buy two of each. It just makes it easier. One yeah, for yeah. fermentation. Just one for siphon starting. Right. Get. Get them for all your carboys. It's a great, great I, I will say this. The one reason most people hate carboys is they, they really don't understand how to start a siphon. I would say yeah. of all people I know who hate carboys and go back to buckets, yeah, yeah. it's not just the cleaning. It's usually the siphon starting. Yep. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'd love to describe how to do that siphon properly because I know what you mean. It took me a while to figure out how to get the good siphon. We don't have to I, describe I think it. I don't think we can do it on the radio. No, I think no. it's something that needs to be seen. Go to go to morebeer.com, go to tutorials, and uh-huh. you'll find like it on the porn. description. Radio doesn't yeah. do it any No, any you, need, you need to, you see, need to see, it. see it. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about it only goes so far. Go go to our <laughs> tutorial. I, I'll take it from there. Yeah. <laughs> Jamil, you're doing great tonight, by the way. I just want to say that... Yeah, he's uh, a good doc, isn't he? Yeah, that uh, you're really stepping up to the plate. And, uh, I'm trying. I appreciate Maybe it. I'll clear my couch several, off for him. Several pints into it. And, uh, good for you. Giving it everything I got. Okay, a uh, couple of questions uh, that, that came through. And I want to back up, uh, because it did, it did come through from the chat room, a question about whether you would wrap the firm wrap or put it under, or if it's a heating blanket, same thing, whether you'd wrap the carboys. Uh, so I just got a firm wrap. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, uh, this is a great testimonial for the firm wrap. I've been do I'm wrapping two carboys currently because yep. I brew ten gallons, yep. and I've got them in my garage, and it's getting down to like forty degrees in there at night, and I'm still able to ferment at sixty five degrees with I've got I've got them uh, I've got it draped around two of them. I've got a, a kind of a, a flannel sheet around that to keep uh, more heat and light out of course uh, and I'm able and to footy pajamas and then I've got some I've got my foot well the ones I'm not wearing I put my footy pajamas 25 degrees difference is so, what I'm yeah. telling the you the more you can Easily. insulate it the better it'll do yeah and they do great and the, keep in mind fermentation creates a heat so it's not that big of a deal that it has warmer. its own few degrees yeah. uh, so lot, I think actually. this is a great tip that you mentioned and I and I want to know should I put my firm wrap underneath these two or is that just maybe maybe not. You, you know, I, ha- I haven't done a lot of side-by-side tests between beers done. Okay. And, 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 which is my always my metric of, you know, really what the difference is. Same work, you know, two two different things, and see what the difference is. And in this case, I'm still saying uh, I would go with underneath. underneath. It doesn't make the sense. Beauty of, beauty of home brewing is when, there's so many variables. You can try them both yourself. When, yeah. when you stop, want to stop putting your uh, heater underneath is when you notice know autolysis. Right. Until then, you, I don't you think could, you have you any could break issues. down the yeast. If yeah. you're keeping the temperature relatively mild, 
uh, not a problem. Okay. Yeah, in my fermenters, I've got eight gallons of yeast, and I can get the center of the yeast because yeast is you such can a get good a really hot. Yeah, it yeah. can, it can yeah. generate its I don't own think heat. You're going to have that in a carboy. Yeah, it's not a problem. But in a home brewer, I don't see. Yeah, commercial brewery, I think that's a big mistake, probably. Yeah, heating the cone is a big mistake. No, cooling the cone is a really good idea. Yeah. Well, and and. Pros, if they want to stir things up, they'll usually send an inert gas in from the bottom. Ah, right. I, you know what? I've never succeeded with that. I, uh, I've i done that a, a about three or four times, and every time I wish I hadn't. Really? I, I would never rouse yeast that way again. If I, different, if I, different topic, I guess? It, it, yeah, if I had to do that again, I'd take all the yeast out, I'd grow a fresh culture, and I'd pitch it again. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and the yeast is probably, you know, at that point, once it starts to flock, it's done. Sure. It, it, and it, right. It doesn't decided, have any sterile there reserves. Are, it's, it's it's done. Exactly. It's yeah. decided there is there is no uh, you know nutrient level that's appropriate to it uh, going on, and yeah. it's closing down business. Well, you and know, we'll usually when we end up good. having to do it around here is because uh, a solenoid sticks open, mm. leaves the that's cooling jacket on. Yeah. Usually and, and, so you're, you're, and so your assumption is solenoid sticks open. And, and, and so you're, <laughs> you know, you're doing a good doc impression. They have medication for that. So when uh, uh, you at that point you're assuming that you're yeast. I think you just said I was drunk. (laughs) (laughs) You said I was doing a good drunk talk impression. Come on. Hey, I like that. That's rude. (laughs) I do too. He's my brother, man. (laughs) Don't be talking bad about my brother. My dad had a guest over once when I was about twelve, and I said to him, "This is why people don't like our show because I do this." And I said to him, "I think you're drunk." And my dad about smacked me upside the head yeah, because yeah. that's a rude that's thing to say to anybody. Right there, yeah. Colin, you're lucky that I didn't just smack you upside the head. <laughs> oh, you can. That's okay. <laughs> I think you're drunk. <laughs> yeah. I take it as a compliment when someone says that to me. But yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're like, really? Because the beer's good. <laughs> so I'm sense. trying. Colin Kaminsky, uh, pros and cons of the of the of the glass carboy, and then some tips and tricks about how to use them. Okay, so for me, the biggest pro is that you can see it, so you know when it's clean. That's that is the number one biggest pro. It's a great point. Yeah, and and uh, for me personally, the biggest con is is that they're dangerous. Uh, I was pouring sanitizer out of one and uh, had it implode basically. Wait, 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 uh, wait, 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 wait. I was there. Apart. You were filling the drinking water bottle, weren't you? No, no. I was I was doing an experiment for B3, and uh, I was sanitizing the, the carboy. And I, I was sanitizing the carboy, and I was pouring it out. Trying you to were get making a meth lab, weren't you? And uh, so it started to rot because I had it sitting on the balance point. It fell towards the ground, and I was a little too sleepy, perhaps hungover, okay. and uh, wasn't paying attention and decided I'd try to catch it. Oh, and yeah. I'm reaching towards the ground for it, and I feel the corner start to hit the ground, and I'm still thinking I can catch it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I realize that it's not round anymore. Yeah. So I pulled my hands away as quickly as I could, and I think I became the... Uh, First person to file a workman's comp claim against Beer Rear Morbid. Oh, I was is like, that hey, right? workers' comp people, did you hear that? It was his fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told him to wear gloves. I told him not to do this. You really are the dumbest smart guy that I know, I think. That's why, you, that's why I don't just call you like this great scientist. You're the mad scientist because you have to have these crazy mistakes to when, be a mad when scientist. You, when you do have to make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. When he yeah. would call us and say he has to do these exercises with his hands just to regain feeling. I can't come to work today, guys. I'm a uh, Needing tennis balls, so uh, there's still places in my hand that I don't have feeling. Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, way to dodge that bullet, Chris Graham. <laughs> oh, I didn't dodge it. I took it right in the forehead. Here's how, here's how you got this job, Colin. Chris Graham calls up Joe. Hey, Joe, listen, I got this guy. Uh, I got to get him off Wait, the payroll. do you have a guy with nine fingers here, too? <laughs> yeah. Okay, go on, please. So uh, they definitely, they're very dangerous is the point. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I, my, my big point is to be careful with them. Yeah. Um, they are glass. They're, and I don't know really about them also. A good solution, though, is we now carry these beautiful mesh bags, or not even mesh, they're a solid nylon bags. Yeah, to carry them. Double stitched, nice big webbing on them. You can but carry it by that, and it'll control the whole breakage. My solution is that I never ever pour one out. I always siphon them. Sure. You do? Okay. I, mean, I don't ever pour out of the carpool. Well, now, that's a, that might be good advice. I still, uh, I've not had uh, the horror story happen to me, but I've heard so many of them. My roommate was just brewing the other day using my equipment, and I said, you know, listen, if I could say anything to you, <laughs> go ahead and read all the instructions about how to brew, but I have to tell you, be extra, extra, extra careful with the carboys because I'm telling you they, they're going to cut you up and you're going to end up at the emergency room. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, ner- I'm still nervous. I haven't seen it myself, but I've heard all these stories. Well, they I'm break into really big pieces, and because they're really big pieces and you've got all that liquid in there, yeah. they get pushed really hard by the weight of all that liquid. Yeah. So you have big, sharp pieces of glass moving quickly. Be we're we're going to start a brewing Mythbusters with I've, Colin. Yeah. I think that would be a great That's show. That's a good show. I've carried around you know, hundreds of hundreds of batches. Not broken one yet? No. Uh, you know, dry your hands before you carry them. Yeah. Don't use those carboy handles to carry Don't use bowl. carboy handles. Carry them from the bottom. Put your hands around the bottom of the carboy, past that, that ridge on the bottom. Well, I like the handles and, and when they're empty. And be a little empty. manly oh, here. Empty Come on, don't, 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 be all, uh, don't, no, don't be all pansy here. Get a man up. Man, you know, and actually, the, the biggest mistake I made was, tight to your body. was when pouring it out, I set it at its balance point, which allowed a resonance to build up, and I couldn't control the resonance. I don't even. I couldn't even. control the resonance. <laughs> what if you, Colin? Yeah. What if you invented a sort of a maybe you should a belt up right then that when you you kind of kneel down and you latch this belt and it becomes a part of your torso, <laughs> so that that's how you move the carboy around from now on. It's actually affixed to you. To you. I you know, think, any more should have sung before or, uh, I move any beer. <laughs> So it definitely, we just it just everybody needs to be very careful. It is it's a, it's a dangerous thing. That, that's a downfall of the carboy. Okay, so so the big upsides are they're they're cleanable. When, when they're once they're clean, you know that they're clean. Um, you can make great beers in them. The best beers I've ever had have been made in carboys. Okay. Um, so really? you know, absolutely. The the absolute finest beer I ever had was a Pilsner George Fix sent me, and. Uh, uh, he sent he sent me in an, uh, a sample out of a conical. He sent me a sample out of a firm, uh, carboy. Okay. Um, so we could do some side by side comparisons. A great, great beer. Okay. I, I you know I can't tell you if I could make a pilsner as good as that beer was, I'd have a pilsner on tap every day. Oh wow, that's 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 a testimony. Now, does that have something to do, in your opinion, or, or your your studies with the shape as well? Because we talk a lot about this. Uh, at least it's sort of this mythical thing about the pressure that's involved in fermentation. I, you know, I've read all those papers that George Fix used to write the materials he, he gave us. Um, my opinion about that is that the shape is a lot more important in a pro brewery okay. when you've got a 60-barrel batch or a 600-barrel batch. Okay. Um, so maybe I, in this I, case it's more the cleanliness and the... Uh, yeah, and the ease of use. And, okay. uh, and, well, and this is another thing that's really important. If you look at the way your yeast flocculates into a carboy, yeah. there's still a huge amount of surface area left to the beer. 
So if it hasn't quite finished fermenting all the sugars, there's still a large surface area there that's going to do its work. Okay. In a conical, it's the other way around. Right. That surface area starts to shrink to smaller and smaller. That's okay. a huge difference. And uh, one of the things that uh, Anheuser-Busch does, is that the, the beechwood aging is really just, uh, you know, they, they boil it and steam the daylights out of those chips. So they they clean them getting, and cost it. Right. You're not getting a wood flavor. What you're no. getting is a, a huge surface, surface area. So the yeast flocks onto these little pricked up pieces of wood and uh, gives this huge surface area to help condition the loggers. And, and they did trials where they replaced the, uh, the beechwood chips with stainless, and they got identical Nothing. fermentations. And the Different researcher flavor. who did the work, there's, a, there's actually published research, the researcher who did the work went back to him and said, you'll save money if you go to stainless. The marketing department came back and said, <laughs> we can't put Beechwood Age yeah. on the label. But, uh, but I'll tell you, in, in, yeah. order to, in order to get the same surface area in stainless, which is a fairly smooth metal, uh, compared to Beechwood. Well, if you've you, ever seen gonna, the chips, they're ribbons, and they're about six feet long. Right. And but, they're ribbons you know, that come out and, of a and, plane or and, something. And once those get steamed, they, they fluff up like, yeah. a, like, a, you know, like a fuzzy mat. And you're getting a lot of surface area. And that's, that's the big deal. And it okay. is a lot and of so surface area. I like how we're going to it. The, that's the, one of the reasons why, yeah. you know, the buckets and carboys, it's got that nice, large, flat surface area in the bottom. Like Colin's saying, in the conical, it's counter to that. And uh, I had somebody email me just this exact same question. And, yeah, I would I would say, you know, you're, you're getting... You know, the, the yeast doesn't travel all the way down to the bottom of the conicals, especially the small ones, uh, that rapidly. So you're probably getting a close to equal, probably a little bit more in the in the conical in the carboy. Oh, well, no, I, I think I, I think you're it de- wrong. I think it's the way the the yeast. the yeast travels, the tank hydraulics, the way the yeast is going to move throughout the conical. I've never seen an experiment done with a carboy versus a conical where the carboy had better attenuation. Hmm. I think it would in any slow fermenting yeast. The, and I, and well, you I guys should arm I think, wrestle. I think the difference is the the one advantage the car the conical has is uh, the uh, CO two. Uh, your um, one of the things that uh, the the yeast do not do is act as nucleation sites for CO two uh, evolving out and forming bubbles and rising up. They're too smooth for that. You need uh, you know a rougher surface for that. And uh, one of the things, I guess, that, that happens in the conicals is you tend to get a stream of, I've seen this, well, if you use a clear cover on them, I've tried both, you get a stream of CO2 up the center of the um, conical, and it tends to, to drive the liquid up in the center and then back down on the sides, and you get a good uh, circulation of uh, the, 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 wort, or the beer and the yeast, and that helps with attenuation. The thing you get in the carboys is you get kind of a random, wild mixing of uh, CO2 and beer going on, and it's not quite as consistent. And I I would not be surprised if you could prove that you, you're getting a better uh, evolution of CO2 and better mixing. Yeah. Uh, just like a stir plate, a, a big... Uh, value of the stir plate is mixing up the yeast and the wort and uh, in the beer and getting uh, better attenuation. I imagine it's probably it could be proven the same in, in a in a conical versus a carboy. The thing you get in the the carboy is a larger surface area. So. 
Um, yeah, but, but <laughs> exactly. My my argument about all of that is going to be Are we how in water chemistry you, this week? Or? How active is your yeast? My if fault, your yeast right? is really active, like uh, English ale or Irish ale or California ale, but those are also then, really highly flocculent too. Yeah, but they they also, I mean, at, at least in a commercial setting, eat all their sugars in forty hours. Yeah, I mean they're pretty much done long before they can settle out. Um, whereas if I try to do a lager in a commercial setting, I end up with contact times of well over ten days. Yeah, now that that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't. I never tried to use the lager yeast in a carboy, so, so you same, have. Same I, I'm looking to you yeah, for right, advice. Right, right. Uh, my early experiments showed that I got better attenuation in a conical by a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Just because okay. you don't understand, I'm just this, effing Justin, with you. Doesn't 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 mean the rest of the listeners don't understand. <laughs> no. That's actually why I didn't talk over it because even though I wanted to make these stupid juvenile jokes, I knew that I'd get those emails like, "I wish you would shut up so I could learn that because I'm smart and you're an idiot." Okay, so since this is radio and not television, not yeah. everybody can see that you have like 400 questions sitting in front of you. I do. I have a lot of questions. I'm I'm holding them in several hands because I have several hands. <laughs> um, uh, this is a good question that uh, again I could have asked because it's kind of simple and you know dumb. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, why are they called carboys? Does anybody know why they're called carboys? Because Jamil has all the lawn boys. No, no, it's <laughs> a French term. Oh, is it? Yeah. It is. Is <coughs> no, it a wine thing? I think it began as a wine thing, but let's okay. not uh, it, degrade it, ourselves to wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the the whole all those carboys come from like uh, uh, acid. So so they're used they're like where we talking sixties acid or like <laughs> scientific <laughs> acid. So okay. so when they ship acid, hydrochloric yeah. acid, whatever, it comes they, a carboy. It car- comes yeah. in carboy. Okay, in a styrofoam uh, container and a carboy inside. I had a couple questions come through um, about how to use in, in, how to invert a carboy and use it as a conical. What do you guys th- do, you, do you know anything one, about the that? The easiest one I've seen is a fermentat. My my problems with it is it's not a sixty degree slope on the neck, and it's clear because everyone thinks you're going to get a hundred percent removal of everything. Which okay. doesn't happen at all. How Even you, in a commercial setting. That's what I'm saying. Happen, that's the right. problem is it's clear and you think I should get 100% removal. How are you getting rid of CO2 in an inverted carboy? Uh, you use a racking cane all the way to the top of the, well, what normally is the bottom. That was the top. I see. And that lets the CO2 out. Uh, okay. And how often does that tube clog? Um, once every 348 times. I have no idea. <laughs> Would you guys There's recommend a, using... Have you seen a clog? Is that a good I, method? I sell them. I've never actually seen one clog that was used properly where the little screen was on top, but I have seen one clog where it wasn't, and they used a lot of whole leaf hops that they did. They brought to the fermenter. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you and, one and thing And that here. created actually a glass shard bomb. I'll tell you one thing here. Don't ever question the honesty of Chris Graham as far as you know what he sells and what more beer sells and all that. Yeah. He will tell you not to buy a product or not to use a product. It's true. You can go in there. I, and, and people email me all the time. Oh, you use the more beer system and uh, you know what features should I get and all that. And I'm like, yeah. talk to Chris. He'll tell you what you need. He'll tell you not to get what, what you don't need. It's true. And this you know, is a do guy. Do not question this guy. Do not question. You're just, wow. you know, they'll tell you. Car they will. Seriously. 
honestly, if if they screw you over, come to me. I will make it good because yeah. But they uh, won't. hopefully, you've never had to do that. But this they is won't. a guy who's made a website about how much he loves his fiance, and he like poured out. Oh, he's like, come on. he's like Don't Romeo. Even go there. And he's got a whole. Oh, it's called. Man. It's called Man Do I Love My Fiance dot com. And and he and he wrote like three pages about like I love her and she's the golden sun that that pours over the earth. I and, think Chris and, has left. And see, so my point is uh, that he really he pours it all out. Uh, he lays it all on the table. I'll tell you, if he says something's good, it's good. <laughs> and he should be something's proud bad, of that. It's bad. Yeah. yeah. And you can just you can go ahead and and just trust whatever the yeah. You know, it, you know, I, and, and I worked with Chris for four years. I just, and I'm I'm not have to say anything. I don't care where we are, what kind of family restaurant. I just grew a vagina. Yeah. <laughs> Go to uh, I've been nipped at the tip and I love my fiance.com and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, this is how honest. And she's Chris, here right now. So and honest. she's my driver. So she is great. <laughs> yes. And uh, Go ahead. Would you like to give no, another? No, that's it. <laughs> I'll drink no, that. But uh, Jamil's absolutely right. I actually have always... Uh, uh, in fact, I, I look to, to B3 a lot as, as, as kind of a business model, and they're really good at just being a, a company that's honest, and uh, they'll tell you what you need and you don't need. That's and I'm not saying so that, well. that they don't sell stuff that, uh, that, that they would uh, they would say you don't need, but the fact is some people want that regardless of what they say, there's so a, you I, keep it anyway. I believe there's a time and a place for everything, yeah. and there are certain products that are great for certain applications yep. and I not agree. that great sure. at other applications, yep. yeah. Yeah. and I'm not hesitant to tell you when it's like the difference the between car, you know carboys, plastic buckets, and conicals. Yeah, you know s- certain times you're going to want the conical, you're going to want the carboy, you're going to want the plastic bucket. Depends right. on what you're doing. Yeah, it, there's okay. nothing wrong with any of those. Okay, so Jamil, in the last year, have you used all three? Uh, yes. And you have your choice of any of them at any moment. Yes. Yes. So and we're going to talk about that. That pretty much that. sums it up. When we get to carboys, we're going to talk about that because I have some uh, some good questions for, for Jamil. Uh, to, uh, sorry, to conicals because I have some good questions uh, for Jamil uh, about just that. Uh, so a listener did want to know, Jamil, uh, how do you convert a glass carboy into a bong? All right. <laughs> we were is talking this about this. Or is this uh, now? Yeah. Now we respond in the chat. What you need is first off, <laughs> yeah. you need a really good bud. Yeah. Right. That's you know, to start with. You don't have a quality bud. Yeah. You know the the type of screen you're using. Yeah. You know it's hey, just it really okay, okay. Okay. The rest okay. is nonsense. Yeah. We're talking tobacco, of course. Uh, okay. And uh, somebody wanted to make the comment uh, just about glass carboys is to never use real. He says, and, and his descriptive term is really, never use really hot water to right. clean a carboy. Sure. Temperature shock. No, I did want to ask about that. So it, it's not. Um, you know how you. you uh, I don't know what it's called uh, when you use the. Oh, I know Pyrex. this word. Uh, thank you. The uh, Promex, Pimax. Okay, so you can you can actually make your starter on the what's right. the shape called? What's flask? flask. Thank you. What Erlen is wrong Meyer. with it? Erlenmeyer. Erlenmeyer. Starts. I know. With. I know these. I, listen, I'm I'm not saying I'm not an idiot, but I know these things, and I just drawn a complete blank. So you can actually heat those on the stove, uh, but uh, a glass carboy is not the same. Is what I'm asking. It's not right. heat it tempered. Is not, it is not, it's not the, the same. It's not uh, heat tempered. It's a careful. different material. With okay. the with the the Pyrex or the Bomax, as long as you keep a conductive uh, on the on either side, okay, it'll conduct the heat through and it won't shatter. So you you keep uh, water on both sides. Inside, yeah. yeah, you can you know put boiling water on one side and ice water in the other. 
and it'll be fine. You can't just put it right on the burner? Is that what you're saying? You put it right on the burner, you no can. problem. Okay. Yeah. If yeah. you have liquid Absolutely. inside. And, and the reason why oh, that works for it, the geeks out there is the thermal expansion coefficient right. is very low. Okay. But if, but if, you, also heat, if avoid you heat an empty one and then shove it into uh, ice water, it'll shatter. And avoid uh, avoid situations of putting it on extremes. Like okay. a electric element, avoid that. Don't put it directly on an electric or element. Or start it with it on there. Well, as, as, as long as you've got liquid it in it, it'll be all right. And, and there's different qualities of flasks. The thicker the right. glass is, the more you can do that with but it. But again, don't don't have it empty and heat it up and then like jam it in something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> don't jam it in anything. Yeah, okay, we got to take a break, guys. Uh, I, I want to wrap up this discussion when we come back, though, and I want to wrap it up with, with tips about how to use these things. Let's uh, take that question. But, but this is a great question, and it comes from uh, uh, a good friend of the Brewing Network and uh, been around uh, since the beginning, uh, always helping out, and, and it's great to see him around, and he's back in California now. And this guy, you know him as Gucci Pilot. Uh, he's uh, a member of the Armed Forces, and uh, uh, don't ask, don't tell. Been doing some time for a while there, and, and helping us out in those regards. And this retard uh, loses his stir bars in the carboy uh, every time. So uh, those of you who make starters you, and, and you put it, he's lo- he's holding up a four. He's lost four of them. Eight. Oh, eight. I didn't see the other hand. That's how uh, retarded. Wow. It is. And uh, when you make a starter, uh, a lot of us who use stir plates. You put the. Uh, you like I said, a lot of us, Jamil, because yeah. uh, I'm in that club now. There you go. Uh, you put the you put a stir bar in there, and it helps it to uh, circulate the uh, the the wort and uh, keep the yeast in suspension, among other things. Anyway, this guy uh, and and I almost did it, Gooch. Only my uh, only my funnel stopped the stir bar. Uh, you then you then pour it out, and you forget that you have a stir bar in there. Well, How do you, you get it out of the carboy? I, well, I've got best, <laughs> best thing is to avoid it. I've, I've <laughs> no, got at least. One. Four or five stir bars somewhere in my backyard. See, this should be the first. Uh, this should be your first uh, 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 advice here is to have several stir bars. Sure. <laughs> and we second, have to replacement ones. Second is don't much. do it. Well, uh, but th- how do you get it out if you've done it? There's no need to get it out during fermentation. Okay. There's no usually. I promise you forget and you. <laughs> they're they're Teflon based or Teflon coated. I'm sorry. Yeah. So there's no real need to get them out of there. Okay. If you want to, the best thing is a magnet on the outside. It needs to be a really strong. Yeah, magnet. it has to be a super strong magnet. And again, the, the, you don't need to do this. Okay, so just leave it in or have okay, a super so strong. So here, magnet. when we do it, because we use a stir plate every morning to mix acid, to you do? dilute acids. And when we lose it in the hot liquor tank, we climb in and grab it. <laughs> really? And that's our only option. Yeah, I, don't, I don't suggest Puts that on in the carboy. Okay. Let me write that down. So climb into my speedo. carboy. Climb in carboy. I bet with a proper amount of uh, oil and a speedo, as Jamil says, I might be able to get into my carboy. And, and it's actually here it's At very important because we worry about the stir bar getting into a pump. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you're, in fact, uh, maybe everybody should worry about it if you're doing pump things. But you're throwing it into your hot liquor tank, and the rest of us are throwing it in once it's in the fermenter. Right, so right, right. For me, I don't make starters. My starter is the last batch. Okay. We have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to do some more listener beer tastings. We're going to play Stump the Brewer, Colin Kaminsky, so I hope you're ready oh, good. for that. We're going to do a little Stump the Brewer. And you we've guys got always some, stump me. Uh, we got some shirts to give away for that, so uh, maybe we'll do some Stump the Brewer among listeners uh, that are here at Downtown Joe's. Uh, if you're still around, 
on. You can come have a beer with us. We'll be here for another hour or so, uh, or two, or you know, probably three. And that's the way it works. And we're also here for the next couple of weeks too. And it's uh, it's a great place to be. We're having a lot of fun, and there's good beer on tap. So uh, keep hanging out with us. We're going to discuss uh, the holy grail of fermenters when we come back. We've got conical fermenters to discuss, and we'll wrap up our glass carboy discussion as well. Join us in the chat room if you want to ask any questions. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
listening to three guys. Excuse me, what about me? Yeah, sorry. You're listening to three guys and one girl use a radio show as an excuse to drink more beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. All right, still hanging out here at uh, Downtown Joe's in uh, Napa. Nice tune you were playing. What was that? The one before that was Cold Hot Crash, and uh, we've been playing their stuff uh, here kind of often. Did you like it? I love it. It's good stuff. We've been playing it on the Brewing Network for a while, and you can go to, I think it's like MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> MySpace.com. Uh, Jamil, you and I are in the same boat uh, for the rest of the show. We're, I'm, uh, I'm fine. I don't know about you. I'm just happy. Yeah. It takes two of us to fill Doc's shoes. No, Jamil is very, very happy at this point. <laughs> Did he uh, put another sticker on? Uh, <laughs> is that under sh- the table action? Yeah, I'm not sure what's uh, what's happening, but also, uh, good I, for you. I want to put in my application for Bar Drunk of the Week. Really? Yes. You think that you're going to fit Drunk of the Week? Bar Drunk of the Week. Because I have some guys in the chat room who are definitely more drunk than I could ever be in my is life. That right? Well... But I want to be bar drunk of the week. All right. I uh, see. I'm allowed. This this could actually be a good night for me to be drunk of the week because I have a ride home and everything. I don't have anything to do, and except for all the stuff I have to do. I just want to say next Sunday show. I want to sit next to Daniela. <laughs> you are sitting next to Daniela. <laughs> yeah. For, from here on out, I sit next to Daniela. Oh, so back in the studio, you mean you want to be moved yeah. to the next to Daniela? Hence the uh, Jamila is really Same happy. Chair. <laughs> Same uh, comments. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's going to sit in a little booth with her. Yes. I want to give my uh, personal congratulations and, uh, and and definitely apologies if I uh, embarrassed uh, Chris Graham's fiance oh, Amy. I don't apologize to Chris Graham because he deserves it. But uh, to Amy, uh, personal congratulations. These two are, are getting married, and, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a fantastic thing. I don't normally put my seal of approval on this sort of a thing. Chris is so lucky. Because I think it's uh, I think it's evil, and I think it will change you, and that you're going to be a miserable bastard. No, but Amy is no, just no. so cool and nice, and I think I could be wrong this time. So I'm going to go ahead and give my uh, my um, uh, congratulations to you two. I think it's awesome. And mostly I'm saying this because you've invited us to the wedding. <laughs> Which I think is very nice of you. Yeah, don't expect a wedding gift now. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that was, was your it. gift. That was it. Thanks <laughs> for humiliating me in yeah. front of a huge national audience. And just it's like when you work in a restaurant, you get the verbal tip from the table. Right. Wow, you were the best server we've ever had. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm not getting a tip now. That's right. That was my verbal wedding gift. <laughs> and by the way, it's uh, www. I love Amy so much I can't keep my mouth shut. dot com. How cute is that, though, Justin? <laughs> Sorry, Justin. You gotta live up to this now, Justin. Yeah. Chris Graham ruining it for uh, idiots well, like me. Well, I copied everywhere. it from my friend. I mean, I'll help you write yours. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, seriously, congratulations to you, th- you two. I think it's awesome. And what are we looking at? Uh, June or something? August. August, even. 
I'll have to not show up in June. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can do it. That's weird, because my invitation said June. <laughs> Yours said actually 2013, but yeah. that's all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's what I want to do. I want to wrap up Glass Carboys, and then we're going to go into conical fermenters. And I want to wrap it up because nobody's given any uh, uh, really good tips about how to use Glass Carboys other than to be safe and, and some of the, you know... Uh, Carboy hood. Well, uh, the Carboy hood, that's, yeah, a, that's a, great a great tip. tip yeah. I think the Whirlpool... Whirlpool for, uh, Chiller. <laughs> yeah, I think breaking out. Breaking out. Yeah. The, no, the whirlpool uh, chiller. So you uh, drop most of your tube, your cold break, your hop particulate in the kettle. Yeah. And then rack a clear wort into your fermenter. Okay. And that makes all the difference in the world. Okay. Uh, you know that uh, heater pad on the bottom, carboy you know, cap. And, uh, and I guess I I, I should uh, uh, pick a bone about that. Is that I think it's really good to separate the uh, hot breakout, and certainly all of those lipids are bad mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the long run. However, if you're not adding oxygen, it might be the only nutrients that your uh, yeast gets. Yeah, w- but without oxygen, uh, you're going to get a slow chugging, barely it, the, the conversion of the lipids to the sterols and uh, being, it, to increase the the uh, cell membrane permeability gonna take forever that's that's when you get the what people consider a stuck ferment where it's slowly chugging along that's when it's converting the lipids over you don't want that you you need to be providing enough oxygen to start with and if you if you uh chill it down and let all your cold break uh settle out in the kettle and then rack that to the fermenter there is more than enough cold break in there in order to, those lipids are, are still there present in, you know, in spades in order to provide everything they need. So there's far more than enough for, uh, e- conversion. Even with the no oxygen addition transfer. Yeah, but, I mean, don't do that, but yeah. Uh, well, I agree, there, don't do there, that. There, there should be far more than enough. Again, you know, the break material that you're, that, uh, you know, your cold break, f- uh, <coughs> uh, forms, you know, your, your 40% of it by, you know, 60 degrees. And people aren't chilling down to 60 degrees for ales. Now, in an ale, I don't really worry about it a whole lot. I go ahead and, uh, you know, whatever crud gets in the fermenter, I don't care in yeah. ales. In lagers, I think it's important to leave behind your break material. And in, in that case, you know, I chill down in and, the low 40s. And that's 40s. because of ester formation? Yeah. 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 And But again... There's still quite a bit of uh, uh, of uh, break material present, and you may not see it, but unless you're going to f- actually filter the wort, there's plenty of break material. Eh, fix himself in uh, analysis brewing techniques. Page <laughs> good lord, <laughs> this is like the. Okay. No, in, I'm sorry, one thirty six. Uh, as snoring. I was reading through Encyclopedia Britannica, do the snoring. Uh, yeah. No, uh, uh, so I, I think it's not so important in ales, and I, I, I think that's not a big deal. But I, I think for lagers, which is the oh, trickier sweet. beer to brew, um, I, th- I think I think that uh, you know uh, getting rid of the break material is, is important. You know, and I absolutely agree with you. I, I am. Uh, it's not all, every home brewer though is going to have the abilities to do all of that. 
MrMalty.com. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I just Sign wanna, up. It's free. <laughs> I just want to point out quickly how large uh, Chris Graham's uh, female Head? regions oh. have grown uh, over the past uh, hour of the show. He just got delivered a nice glass of water. I was thirsty. By his fiance. Oh, you were delivered a beer by a beer. your girlfriend. It's a Thank you for proving my point, Chris Graham. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got Well, you Christmas did a shot of whiskey. <laughs> God damn Thank it. you. That <laughs> Amy is is one of the sweetest people. Out She's there. so you know, awesome. That's, that's the type of woman you marry, right there. Yeah. So, so Justin, I've got a question for Don't you. Don't even start. <laughs> is, is is the sun above the ground at some place in the world? The sun is above the ground at some place in the world. That must mean it's 12 o'clock. As we all know at Downtown Joe's, (laughs) when it's 12 o'clock, we're allowed to drink half a pint. No, you have to chug. Yeah, by the way, not just drink. Who's chugging the black one? That's That's Jenna's favorite. Is that right? (laughs) Once you go black, you never go back. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I have a pound. Colin makes an excellent point. Hey, where's Token? That is a really good stout. Colin, you, you have done... Since you took over here, cheers. cheers. We, we, go ahead, Jamil, as we all chug because it's twelve o'clock somewhere on the on the planet. Since you took over here, you have made a thousand fold improvement in the beer. Absolutely, well, I will agree to that. Except for on my leg, <laughs> except for your ability to hold the glass steady and not drip on Chris's leg. The stout is fantastic. Every beer you have here is fantastic. You, you know, I've, I've been enjoying the beer here for years, and you've made. Such significant improvements. Well, thank you. you know, it's, it's, really, it's truly be, you. To be honest, though, it isn't just me. It is. Oh. It is. It is talk having conversations with you. It's having conversations oh. with Doc, and it's actually paying attention and remembering when you tell me to do something, and I can't figure out how to do it that minute. Six months later, I do. And and it is keeping all those things in your head. And this that's what a, uh, that's what a homebrewer's got to be able to do too, though. Yeah, this is the like point in the brewcast where we say for selling you a book. I, I love you. Man. You were making fun of me. <laughs> no, you, no, you, that's you, thanking Borders for writing the book. Yeah. You, 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 you've you've done an amazing job here with the beers. Well, thank you. You know, anybody's listening. If you if you've been here before, yeah. You know, uh, before you know, four four or five years ago, or we something. call it BC. I've, I've been here three and a half years. If you've been here before, okay. Colin, yeah, BC, come back. Try the beers. You're going to be stunned. Yeah. You're not going to be pleased. You're going to be stunned. If you're yeah. not stunned, call me up. I give you the same guarantee I give on the B3 stuff. <laughs> and you can then you can have one of Jamil's beers for free. <laughs> exactly. I, I give you all of my beers. You can stomach. And you can find Jamil and Colin at the I Love You Inn, uh, just two blocks down the street tonight. In case. Uh, in case you were interested. And if anybody else wants to come. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, hold on. Heart hold on here. Am I crazy? In the crowd here, what do you think of the beers? It's good beer? Yeah. Some good beer here. You hear that? That's 217 people telling you how good this beer is here at Downtown Joe's. And, and they've each had a gallon, so I have one empty <laughs> yeah, tank. Because right. <laughs> seven barrels is 217 gallons. <laughs> Okay, uh, I think it's time for us to move on to uh, Conical Fermenters. It'll be our last uh, segment of the evening, other than some other uh, tastings that we have to do. Is this a shop that you've put in front of us, too, what Daniela? Is what is this? It's like a margarita or something? No, it's an American light beer. Oh, it just right? happens to be a short pour? It's, it's the, an American light. The yep. lazy American Oh, meat? Oh, it's a listener beer, I see. Because it looked for a second like a, like a, like a shot. 
or something, and I didn't like know a, what was like happening. Like a Sobe. Yeah. <laughs> like a, yeah, like a Sparks or a, or something. I didn't know what was going on. It's, it's a, nice a beer. beer. Okay, good. I think, uh, you know, the recipe is, has got a really dusty and... your girlfriend's uh, water now, Chris. Yeah. And grainy and, uh, you know, like a light lager with uh, a real nice... Uh, it is a nice beer. Yeah, right, grain cheers. aspect to it. Yeah, Thanks good, very much for stuff. letting us uh, enjoy that on the air, too. Thank That's you very much. Nice. Good beer. Okay, so now uh, the the sort of highly coveted conical fermenters. Uh, we all want one because it makes us feel closer to uh, the professionals. You know, we have our own version of a conical fermenter. I want one because it seems like it's easier to clean than a, than a glass carboy, uh, which it makes it, I'm allowed to be lazy and still make good beer. Uh, everybody wants a conical fermenter. They're a little bit on the pricey side, and here's here's the chance that we get to not only talk about uh, why uh, it may be worth it to spend that money, but but also, if you did, what the point is, because I think other than being able to open up the top and clean it really easy, there are certain advantages to having a, a, a conical fermenter. So, and and I and I, I've got a lot of questions for Jamil about this too, because uh, I find it interesting that Jamil, having owned a couple conicals, I think you have since gotten rid of them, and now you're like almost uh, all uh, carboys. Is that right? Am I mistaken? Let me explain. But okay. before I do, yeah. let me answer this chat room question because I enjoy the, the chat room and all the people in there. Okay. And the the question is, uh, how long can you let Elise get yeast? <laughs> <laughs> Jamil's turned into the velvet fog on us. <laughs> well, uh, we told I, uh, him that Dr. Scott's not going to be here this week, and he said... Uh, I love you, baby. <laughs> I'm waiting for tomorrow's show. No. Uh, done great. No, no, I told Justin I, I would show great. up earlier and drink heavily so I could fill in Doc's yeah. shoes. I think you're doing an excellent... I could never fill in Doc's shoes. No, but nobody can. Yeah, uh, he's got big shoes. Really yeah. big shoes. He's a small guy with big, big shoes. shoes. And you know what that means. Uh, but uh, how long can you let a yeast cake sit in the bottom of the car- carboy with yeah. uh, excellent sanitation? Good question. It's going to depend on... Uh, the health of the yeast to start with. Okay. The alcohol level of the beer that it's fermented and the strain of the yeast. Chris so there's White a, answer right there. There's a, it there's, there's, a lo- there's a lot of factors in there. Yeah. Now, I think almost any ale yeast except for the uh, hefe yeasts, you can go four weeks pretty easy. Oh, really? Yeah. At what temperature? At your Not four weeks at 110. Well, well, at two twelve, it's really very <laughs> short. Yeah, <laughs> although it's definitely clean. No, but but at, at I, fermentation I, temperatures. Yeah, which is going to be whatever the mid sixties ferments. Yeah, at, which is in for the bulk of yeast, it's it's mid sixties to uh, you know low seventies max for the bulk of the yeast, uh, you know, or seventy max. Uh, it's it's going to sit a, a, a month if you start with a really healthy yeast. Proper uh, sterile levels, uh, you know, you, you've you've treated well, you've given it nutrients, you've given it oxygen, and you pitch the proper amount, you're going to be okay for you know four weeks, fairly easy at fermentation temperature. Okay. Uh, what I do is two weeks, and then I get it transferred over. Two weeks is plenty of time if you pitch the proper amount and you've got healthy yeast. You're done in two weeks. You're done in actually a week. And yeah. you've given it a week to clean up diacetyl and acetaldehyde and all that stuff. If you wait two weeks. Yeah, yeah. you're you're done at two weeks. And yeah. go ahead and go ahead and transfer it over to to a keg, get it off the yeast. The yeast is flocculated properly, you don't have any problems. Had you said I, at I, one uh sorry, j- just because I just want to follow up on the four week thing. 
Had you said at one point, uh, or is this just one of my illusions where I like to think that Jamil said it, so it's fine? Uh, did you say six weeks at one point was like anything over six weeks, and you're in a danger zone? Yeah, or, or now you, you are you saying four weeks is, is the can, danger zone? Well, no, four weeks. I think there's no problem in four weeks. You can okay. you can go three months. Uh, John Palmer reports three months with no detection Okay, okay. And John emails me all the time about things that uh, you know. Detecting vegetal and this or that, and you know, the guys, the guys got a palate. I, I would have to say that that this the best piece of advice I can give from my experience is that when you're done with your yeast, get it separated from your beer because it's not doing anything else for you. I agree with you 100. percent The problem I have is all these homebrew shops that say, "Hey, okay, seven days, take the beer off the yeast, etc." They're giving them like a tiny little p- pitch of yeast. And they're saying, all right, well, no, it's time to move it off the yeast. And it doesn't matter what's going on. And the thing's, like, fermenting wildly. And they're, yeah. like, but, racking. And but if it's sure. fermenting wildly, well, then you're transferring you know yeast. I, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, there is, there, is a, there is a period of time when the yeast is slowing down. And it's converting all the leftover stuff that the, the byproducts of fermentation, when it's getting from sugars to alcohol, yeah. ethanol, it's creating acetaldehyde. It's creating all these other compounds. And not until it's really run out of all its other major sugars, this maltose, its glucose, its fructose, its sucrose, and all that, does it start to consume all those other things and and use those in order to uh, build its health and, and get ready for the next batch, right? If you don't give it time to do that, if you're you know racking too soon or you're chilling down, especially if you le- if you if you rack and you leave it at temperature. You're probably okay because there's plenty of yeast left in there. You don't necessarily have to leave it on the yeast that's fallen to the bottom, which is, you know, there's not a lot of exposure. Which isn't real active either. Right, right. right. So, you know, I would agree with Colin there. But the thing is, don't be so darn anxious, right? Let it sit. What I'm saying, I think there's a a range between what Colin's saying and what I'm saying. Yeah. So... Well, saying, I, I, you know, I think what you're saying is really important that it yeah. has to be finished. Right. It right. has to. And, and just, just because the sugars are gone doesn't mean right. it's finished. And, and I'm saying, you know, give it a couple extra days. So it's probably finished in a week. It it depends on, on on what you pitch, what strain you pitch, what the gravity is, on the temperature, a lot of other factors. And you need to kind of like you know do the we- yeast whisperer thing and look yeah. at it and say yeah. that's active. Let me not do anything. And then when it looks like it's not active anymore, give it a couple of days just yeah, I, in case. I like four days once I'm at terminal gravity. There you go. Yeah. I, I, so, I, I'm like three days, but you know, four days sounds really good to me. So let me I, get this straight. So when, give when, it the four days and then go, and then transfer it. So when Daniela says, you know, just don't be so anxious. Yes. Just relax and settle down a little bit. You need to shut up and, and take listen your, to Daniela. And take your time. It's She's German, for God's sake. The same, it's the, the same thing goes for brewing. Just, just settle down a little right. bit, yes. and uh, you don't need to you don't need to do it all in, in, in let's say twenty seven two seconds. two minutes. Let's yeah. say that just right. for example. or ten seconds. Yeah, well, just, oh. but as an example, we could say twenty seven <laughs> seconds, couldn't we? We could have done that. It would have been fine. Nobody would have known the difference if we stuck with that. You're just bad with numbers, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and everything else. Yeah, you made fun of me earlier. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, Chris Graham has since like shut up. I feel like we've embarrassed him too much, and now we're it's going back my direction. So there you go, Chris Graham. 
Well, actually, Chris hasn't shut up. He was just at the bar having shots <laughs> of sparks. Sparks. Okay, uh, let's start talking uh, conical fermenters. I think that's uh, that's actually a fantastic advice about uh, what to do with your yeast cake and when when to get the, the beer off. And this is part of the thing that a, a conical fermenter uh, has its advantages in doing is being able to get the yeast out of it rather than having to take the beer and move it somewhere. You actually take the uh, yeast and cold break and move it somewhere. Is that well, am well, I right? Well, in the that? big advantage to that is that you have the yeast when it's at its healthiest. Okay. Now, if you want to pull that yeast off the bottom and use it again, boy, that's a huge advantage. Because it's all right there. Because it's and all right there. Accessible. And that's why, you know, in a brewery like this, it, it becomes the economic importance for us to be able to reuse our yeast. I pay $200 for a seven-barrel pitch of yeast. Now, is it at its healthiest at the bottom of the conical, or is it at its healthiest at the uh, croissant level? Oh, it's absolutely uh, healthier at the Croizen, but that's, uh, not, that's not modern top procedure. Yeah, top skimming's way better. Yeah. Mike yeah. McDole, there you go. He's the, the top, top skimming. skimming way better. In fact, if we can ever get McDole to come back on the show, I think we'll we'll probably focus on his top skimming methods because we'll that's what do he a does. Cousin show, yeah, we'll have to make him comfortable. <laughs> but you're right. So at High Croizen, uh, the, the, then that's when you've got really uh, that's all your active yeast. It's not falling out and being However, lazy. In, in, in However, yeah, not a logger. However right, and, and 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 the difference is, um, you know, when they talk about top fermenting yeast and the flocculation, what what happens is uh, ale yeast, top fermenting yeast, are more flocculent. Flocculation doesn't mean falling to the bottom. Flocculation flocculation means yeah. sticking together. Because flocculation is like uh, that's something else. <laughs> that's a dock word. Yeah, <laughs> flocculation is when that when the yeast stick together. And when they stick together, they catch more CO2. When they catch more CO2, they rise to the surface, right? So that's why, you know, you, you form a, a much higher head on the beer, you know, you, you a bigger layer of croissant on top because it's more flocculent, right? That It forms a much bigger... Lager yeasts are, are far less flocculent. They don't stick together as well, yeah. so they tend to drop to the bottom because they don't catch as much CO2. Which is, is a uh, funny uh, parody of Stokes' Law. Right. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. I laugh about that wait, all the wait, time. Wait, wait. Stokes' Law states that the larger of a diameter of particle is, the more quickly it'll fall. It's just not true because we're having so much active CO2, CO2 evolution. Exactly. Right. right. Now, at the end of fermentation, <laughs> the <laughs> ale yeast is going to flocculate out more quickly because because it sticks together right. and becomes a larger particle. As geeky as I am, uh, Colin trumps me Colin. like ten times. Colin, i got to tell you, you are the most fun guest that we ever get to have on this show. The fact that he and cracks himself up yeah, over that Exactly. Show. You're so genuine and knowledgeable, and it's we just hilarious. Colin, yeah. you know? It's and, hilarious. Yeah. I, I feel like a puppy dog. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, you know what's hilarious? I was watching uh, the Science Channel. People look at me as geeky, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. There's worse. There's yeah. worse. Uh, and uh, by the way, flocumation is, uh, it's actually has to do with the war on terror. It's something completely different. So what were we talking about? <laughs> Tara. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, let's get into... So uh, pretty much conicals mean nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. And I, and I think this is a really important thing to answer for people because the question is, you know, I can buy a carboy for whatever you charge, Chris, 30 20 bucks? 20 bucks. 20 bucks. I can buy a carboy for 20 bucks or yeah. I can spend $5 million and get a conical. Wow. You don't have to spend $5 million. <laughs> It's not well, quite $5 million. Just $500. Want, yeah. The diamond version. So, so why do we million. have conicals even in, in the business? 
Why why are there conicals out there in the home brewery? Explain that. And I think that's the question. One one of the reasons, and and I have to take personal credit for this, is I really wanted one. And And, and and see, this is what we're talking about. And and I showed up at Beer, Beer, More Beer right at the point where they had just found the grain chute that was going to be the first the hopper of all hoppers. The hopper of all hoppers. And and so one of the reasons that, that we do indeed have these in the business is because I was so excited about it. Okay. And and the reason why I like conicals and the reason why I was excited about it is because I want to take a, a pitch of yeast, I want to know how it fermented, yeah. and I want to select from it the best parts of the yeast, and I want to repitch it. So are you saying that much like I've invented the Internet... You invented the conical fermenter for homebrewers. Oh wait, wait! It even gets better because because I think it, that no, it, it, it only gets better from here. Really? Because the the conical was the tip of the iceberg. It yeah. The, the reason the, we knew we needed the conical. Yeah. We found the right resource for the conical. Yeah. Colin took it. Yeah. Right so to the so next I, I'm at beer, beer, more beer. The first time I've ever met these guys. And we're drunk drinking heavily. off, yeah. drunk off my ass because we're drinking every homebrew they've got in the store. Yeah, because we've already finished the six bottles that I brought, and that's back when we used to brew beer. And and <laughs> and we're tasting meads, which I'd never had in my life, and we're we're doing everything. And all of a sudden, Regan walks downstairs with the grain hopper of all hoppers because I'd been talking about how excited I was about fermenters. And he shows me this hopper, and he says, "This is what we're going to make." And I looked at it and I said, "Yep, that's absolutely what we're going to make. That's yeah. better than anything I could have possibly imagined." Okay. And I worked there for four years developing this and trying to make it work. And one of the keys of making it work is is absolute temperature control. Everybody said you can't take ten gallons of beer and control its temperature with a Peltier chip. Now the Peltier chips were used initially as thermal generators in the Skylab spaceship. I knew that if I got enough of them and I got enough contact area with the fermenter, I could make it work. Okay. That is now the temperature-controlled conical at Beer, Beer, and More Beer. Okay, so the key is so that I can speak to, you know, myself and and all the other tards out there. Uh, We're just talking about temperature controlling. And you're talking about the mechanism that keeps things. about the mechanism that made that work. And it's not only great temperature control, but now that we understand it even further, it's the best temperature control you could want. Okay. It's slow. It doesn't react quickly, meaning it, it's not like a refrigerator that could shock your yeast by going right. too quickly. It right, right. We, we look at okay. yeast here in the Napa Valley as you don't ever change the temperature of a yeast more than one degree per hour. Okay. Period. I got to say that you're confusing me with this grain hopper talk because you've gone from here he comes with a grain hopper to, yes, we have it's a fermenter. It's not a grain hopper. That's what the cone we use is yeah, called the hopper. Yeah, it was so a, I, I don't talking, even know where you guys found it. You're it talking a, about the, the actual conical portion of the, the fermenter. Is yeah, that you was a pre-made part. That's what you're talking about in grain hopper. Yes. Though. Okay. It's not so even I'm a grain hopper. Make the relation here. Okay. So you've you found this. You found a, a form of temperature control to to use it, these well, things properly. Well, it took properly. two years to develop a temperature control for okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, I guess the key is though that now that we have this device, uh, is is what the advantages are, and and you made it. it, it I I think. In fact, I I went to buy a new car. It was a long time ago. I had a job then. Uh, it was like five years ago. And the guy said, why do you want that car? And I told him, oh, it has nice this and has nice that. And he says, you know, it's okay to say that you want the car because it's nice. You don't have to have, like, noble reasons, right? He was a good he was a good salesman. Uh, 
my point is, uh, it was great that you said, I just really wanted a conical fermenter. Well, and I did, and I wanted it so I could repitch yeast. I wanted so to there are other generations There's, of yeast. It's not just a cool thing to have. I want to know why it is and how we can use it to our advantage. Well, yes, you can take the yeast out and repitch for, it. For 80% of the people, I think it became just a cool thing to have. Just a cool thing to have. I, I agree. You know, I, I, I disagree. Okay, oh, good. I Keep like going. this. Keep Let's going. talk about the, the why you guys think it was a cool thing, and then we'll ask uh, Chris Graham why he Seriously disagrees. Seriously cool thing. <laughs> I, well, uh, first off, having some big, beautiful piece of stainless steel yeah. in the middle of your home is, is absolutely fabulous. Sure. And they, and they make them with breasts more. more. Yeah, do they come in pink? You got any pink hair? <laughs> no. Yeah. So, uh, no, you're right. It's this, pink. It, it looks very professional. It's 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 just a, it's kind of a cool device. And you feel and, like you're in a brewery. Yeah. yeah. And, and you end up with these people, you know, and I, I got an email from a guy. He says, look, I drive an $800 car, but I have a $10,000 home brewery because that's what my pride is. Yeah, that's what he, that's where he, li- yeah. I don't that, blame that's him. Where that's I cool. Get my yeah. Pride. That is do cool. Do it. Yeah. In fact, of all things cool, that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't hesitate. I actually that's, know that's that guy. Do it. Yeah. Priority should be somewhere. Else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Colin's subscription to Science and Technology Hourly. That's not cool. But uh, that's that cool. It, what you no, yeah. you, you got to know Colin. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it uh, but it does have these advantages, doesn't it? Aside it, from this cool factor, it does if you know how to use them. And and what I've found over the years of all these people out there using them, I don't think that homebrewers are using them to their advantage. They're, I find most homebrewers that are using them are buying a pitch of yeast every time they use it. And they're stepping it up on a stir plate, which is a great idea. But if you're doing that, you might as well be in a carboy. Okay. And that's a good bottom line, is that oh, if that's wait, the case. Wait, wait, wait. So, Chris Graham, hold on. let's go ahead and back let, that up. So, it's not just a cool thing to have. What are the other things about a carboy? Okay, first off, how do you get your arm into a carboy? You don't. Yeah. You're never going to Well, get, if you did, you're I in trouble. I can get my arm into a bucket. Yes, you can. You can scratch that bucket quite easily, can't you? Uh, you can. These guys are going to... I hope that you guys... I, I want to be devil's advocate on this because I really do want everybody who buys a conical to really need it. And, and I want you to also. And basically, Colin is the godfather of stainless conical. I, I so agree this with is Colin. the great part of... Uh, and, and I wouldn't homebrew without one. Oh, wait, oh, However... I got, I got both of them not backing me up here. Yeah. So this will be fun. All right. So first of all... I'm the godfather of Viagra. What's, what's a harder substance? Stainless or glass? Uh, glass is actually harder. These two are, <laughs> they're definitely gonna fight. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I'm not sure of that. And, and it's also more scratch resistant. Yeah. Glass is better. Alright, I lost that one. <laughs> Alright, so we're gonna move on. Don't go Amy, up against the mad scientist. Can I get a yeah. ride home? Let's just, uh, let's go back to www.iloveamy.com. <laughs> Which is easier to get into, a glass carboy opening or a conical opening? A, a conical shares the same qualities as a bucket in that regard. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Except its durability so. to this this sort of scratch-resistant I've thing that we've talked about. I've got chemical cleaning. Okay. I have which to say, has better tank hydraulics during fermentation? A bucket? Now, 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 a carboy? Now, talking to a George conical. Fix, he's probably a conical. George no, Fix thought I, a carbo- uh, five-gallon uh, corny had better tank hydraulics. No, actually, you are quite wrong on that one. I oh. just read this recently, oh, actually. <laughs> he disagrees with you wholeheartedly because the long skinny... It didn't give as much surface area to sugars. As yeah, I, 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 I've heard I, that I think before. The conical is the best for for tank hydraulics because of the, I, you know, and and I haven't really, 
I have no empirical evidence of this, but um, you know, I, I've looked at them separately uh, through a clear lid on the conical, and I've, I see the the movement of the wort and or or the beer once you get yeast into it um, versus the uh, carboy or versus the bucket, and I see a real steady. You know, it comes up from the center. All the CO two comes up from and, the center. And all the side by side fermentations I've seen, the evidence including fix, has always been one to two points better in a conical. You than mean it attenuation? Was. Attenuation, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Than in a um, corny cake. However, go ahead. I've I have access to all the conicals I want. I have yeah. I could use plastic buckets. I can use carboys. I can use conicals. Is that because you own them, or because they give you some pass at B three that I don't have? There's a pass that you'll never have. <laughs> what the hell? What's going on there? What about Daniela? Can she have a it's pass? Called, maybe, maybe she can have it, but not not. It's you. called Polo- <laughs> not after you called me out tonight. It's <laughs> called Polaroids. Polaroids. Fair enough. Um, you know one of the one of the the, the things that's touted about carboys is or uh, conicals is that you can drop the yeast out, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you can, you know, uh, you, you're not worrying about yeast autolysis. So, for me, I don't worry about that. Our earlier conversation, I'm saying, not a big deal. You know, I'm going to wait four uh, weeks. Yeah, and, yeah, whatever. It's not a big deal. Okay. And then when it comes to harvesting the yeast, I like to harvest all the yeast. Drop out the dead cells and the uh, break material and the hops, and use use all the yeast. Because if you're s- selectively, you know, gathering just a portion of the yeast, you're going to end up with a non-attenuating yeast or a highly attenuating yeast. Or you well, know, but whatever, that's right? what you're looking for, though. That's why you're selecting the selective pressures. Yeah, and, of the and, yeast. And, and, yeah. and that's really important. You know, I was reading a, a paper just a couple of weeks ago about a, uh, a brewery and they were talking about cereal repitching mm-hmm. and they had a hundred hectoliter harvest off the fermenter mm-hmm. and wow. they they took samples out of out of every 10 hectoliter segment mm-hmm. and they uh, measured its qualities as far as attenuation right. and uh, 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 flocculation yeah. and 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 it's true you can indeed mm-hmm. uh, selectively pick, pick what you want sure so if now, I'm if now I'm you have 100 hectoliters <laughs> of yeast versus a milliliter <laughs> of yeast <laughs> that you right, let's go back to Conicals you know, for home in home brewing. <laughs> yeah, how I, I can I have run into troubles there? I want some hectoliters. How okay. can I do so, that? So it, I get eight gallons of yeast when yeah. I when I harvest, yeah. and I only need two gallons of it. I okay. get like four ounces of yeast. Okay, but but how much of it do you eight actually really yeast. need? All right, let's face it. Oh, really wait, 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 wait. Right. Hold right. on, right. hold on, boys. Sure. Hold the, on. The how problem many is guys? in the in the conicals in the smaller conicals. You like don't. You game. don't have as good a uh, ability to select. You're, you're not getting the layers of uh, yeast over time, and you're not able to drop just a portion of the yeast. Uh, a lot of the yeast ends up on the on the slopes of the. But but the, what ends up on the slope of the cone is what flocculated too early, and it's the same in my fermenters as well. I still end up with a lot of yeast stuck to the cone when I go. Wasn't to clean this my, my argument that I got to start here? Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, because because really, let me, let me finish up here. Just a, just a moment. Let me finish up. So so what 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 I've been doing, you know, one of, one of the reasons I went with conicals initially was that the coolness factor. And I I admit, if you can afford it, go with the conical. You felt no cool, problem. right? Yeah, it totally like, felt cool. That's a sweet piece of equipment, and it, and no one makes it better than the the pro version of the more beer conical. 
Okay, there's other people making conicals, but I'm sorry, nobody makes a better version than that. It's worth the extra, a few extra bucks. Okay, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, do it right. Don't buy a cheap conical. Buy a good conical. It's gonna cost okay. you 150 bucks, Graham. Yeah. All right. So the 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 I'm still the, 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 the thing is when I go when I go to a carboy. I can select all the yeast that's in there. I slurry it up. Which includes a ton of true. Yeah. And, 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 and rancid and, true at this point. And then I rinse it, and I end up with just the, just the yeast, right? Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll go ahead and rinse it in sterile water, and I'll, and I'll select just for the... And you're not worried about the osmotic pressure differential of, no. of using sterile water. You two no. are the not a, He said drums. osmotic pressure differential. <laughs> so... You know what that means. So, so, so that's, that's, that's significant to me. Right? Now, <laughs> that was the Rocky theme. Right. Now, why not rinse it in sterile work? Why not, why not? You can't. It, it really doesn't matter. I, I do it right before I'm doing another batch. So I'll select all the yeast. Yeah. I'll store that. I don't care if there's some metallosis or whatever. Me yeah, you know, you're worrying about some uh, bacterial growth, uh, providing the nutrients of the uh, less yeast, right? Sure. But uh, or, or just the garlic flavor or the uh, right. uh, propane smell you of metallosis. Rinse the hell out of it, and you know the clean yeast you get out of it. That's what I repitch. See, and here I thought that our first live studio audience show, that this would be a great topic. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, and, uh, I still so, haven't gotten to finish hey. my argument, damn it. So, back then. <laughs> yeah. the, reason, the reason I don't use, I'll the, take I, one too. I use the, the big conical still, because it's the only thing I can ferment 10 gallons in. Yeah. The small conicals, I don't. Because... Um, they were. You've got to boil the valves. You've got to, uh, you know, rethread. I'm the type of person that a lot takes, of sanitation. Yeah, I take apart my, you know, my my kegs. I break it down into every last little piece. Yeah, and clean it and sterilize or sanitize it, and then you know we know this about you. The so, bubble, the right, right, right. So on a on a conical, there's a lot more work involved than okay. there is on a carboy. That's fair. And I'm very very lazy. Yeah. People don't think I'm lazy because all the things I do. But sure. the only reason I do them is because they're important. And, um, you know, so the the other stuff, I'm just totally lazy, and that's why I don't do conicals. The conicals okay. are great. I'm too lazy to use them. To use them. Okay. That's because of the amount of maintenance and... Yes. and okay. Chris Graham, would Chris, you like you to finish to your... Uh, <laughs> all right, Chris. Uh, nothing, nothing worthwhile to ever yeah, to add. Yeah, yeah. We have a nice mom sticker. Yes. <laughs> Go mom. Yeah. Um, actually, I mean, I can actually stand by Jamil's statement pretty strong because I use carboys all the time. So there are certain times where I, I will tell Look you at him truthfully. It. Yeah. Uh, you and know. again, Chris won't sell you anything that you don't need. Okay. No. And, and He's I, not gonna I am you. not going to ever sell you a conical with the idea of reusing yeast all the time. Because most of us are not going to brew frequently enough to, to actually ever take advantage of that properly. Good point. Yeah. I'm gonna sell it more from the standpoint of you want something cool. Yeah, we like we're. Ge- I'm a gearhead. Yeah, first and foremost, before it's I'm a brewer. very cool equipment. Yeah, Sean Paxton has a Prius, and and that's cool. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you, buy buy, buy a is. B3. Sean, do you uh, really fit in a system. Prius? <laughs> buy a B3 brewing system. Those are sweet, especially the all stainless. Yeah, very yeah. sweet. And, and I mean, I brew on one of those as well, and I think I it's have cool. One. It's worth every penny. But do, do you need it to make great beer? Absolutely no. not. 
But, I mean, the stainless conical, I think, actually, you discount the fermentation qualities of it, and I will not discount that. I can, I can adjust that based on pitch. True. But most homebrewers are not going to pitch the way you pitch. True. True. And, uh. Counterpoint. Point? Counterpoint. <laughs> I'm so lazy. I use two vials of yeast instead of growing it up. Right. I actually use four vials of yeast most of the time. Right. Instead of growing right. it up. All right. So, anyway, my arguments for stainless conical is one, stainless is relatively indestructible. You can drop it and not cut your hand up, Colin. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, easy to clean. I love that. Yeah. Very yeah. easy to clean. In, in fact, I get though, big arms. They won't fit in Be smart and don't scratch it. Well, and I've got the Pro Series, which I can CIP the valve. Yeah, and yeah. you don't have to boil, if you have the Pro Series, you don't have to boil that uh, valve, at least. No, your rotating sidearm, yes, but your your butterfly valve, uh, no. Oh, yeah, I don't have a sample port on mine. Yeah. I don't use my sample port anymore. Yeah, well, I don't need to put a block on it. It's not really a sample port, guys. Yeah, I don't. I it's don't useless it. as far as I was concerned, yeah. but Colin insisted on it. Uh, no, Regan yeah, insisted so on it. <laughs> I blanked mine off. And, but on the butterfly I, valve, I actually, you need to clean that darn thing because it'll build up a protein layer. And well, I would stuff. hope you're cleaning it, damn it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, all you, you do is CIP caustic, and it's fine. i gotta yeah. boil. I got to boil everything. I'm sorry. You know, I honestly thought this whole conversation was going to be fascinating. It's, it's really. It you, is for how many five quest- percent of your how listeners. How many questions do you have built up over there? Okay, Janelle I got a lot of questions. I find this completely we, fascinating. We, we have to take a break. I'll tell you what would make good radios if you guys would finally just throw some gloves down All and right. uh, fight about it. Me, actually, I mean, Justin, you and I for the comments you've made earlier. We're going to have to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, you're all making excellent points, and the only way it's going to be settled is uh, through either an arm wrestling match or, or some blows, some fist. Well, and, and, no, and no, by no, blows, you mean by blows. <laughs> yeah. You know I, what I mean. Means I'm going to be gone. I'm I, thinking I, that there's a table here, and nobody else can see what's happening. I, I think if. Very important lesson we can give to our uh, our listeners is that yeah. that you can make good beer in any of these three fermenters, and, this and, is the and, point and I that, to make. and that the one you choose is a very personal choice. Yeah, and and I choose conicals. Yeah, I don't always recommend conicals. Yeah, e- excellent. Uh, and that's really yeah. what I was hoping for, too, yeah. is to really kind of say that they all have their benefits, and, and some are going to be easier, and some are going to be more difficult, right. and, and some have these sort of things around Depends them. That's a lot of factors. I was yeah. really hoping for a death match. If you can afford, <laughs> if you can afford it, bucket. you know, conical is great. If, you, you know, if you're lazy like me, yeah. maybe you punt down to, to carboys. If you can't afford it or, you know, you're willing to, to live with uh, replacing your plastic every year. Yeah. Plastic box. Well, okay, that's. I think I'm going to plastic because of because I've gotten your seal of approval. I'm okay to uh, Jamil. I mean, that's pretty much the bottom line. Because then I can always say, "Well, Jamil said oh, it's God, you, we you your need beer after to do this. the right things to use plastic. I you think, need yeah. to do the right things to use carboys. Like I got to talk to my neighbors. You need to do the right things to use uh, conical. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's not some miracle cure yeah. that will make you a better brewer. It's a piece of equipment that you need to use in the right way. None so, of these so, fermenters so, so, so are a miracle cure. No, no, no. And speaking of that, so, so Jamil, if I gave you a hundred dollars and I told you that you can't use any of your blow. own equipment, no, what? You can't use any of your own equipment. You have to buy all the equipment and all the raw ingredients to brew a batch of beer. Could you win an award on a hundred dollars? Easily. That's a good question. Really? Just uh, let's let's do that challenge. Where's my hundred? That's a fantastic <laughs> challenge. Chris Graham, give him a hundred dollars. Here it is. Hundred dollars. <laughs> Doll hairs. Yeah. They're right here. I love how uh, these are great ideas. No, but Somebody but else give up. But
the money. The, the truth of the matter is, though, Jamil could. He literally could on a hundred dollars worth of raw materials. It's the it's, it's the it, brewing technique. That's okay. absolutely it's what paying I got. Attention four dollars. That might be the whole problem right there. Uh, I'm gonna take your advice. I'm gonna do my next batch in plastic, yeah. and I'll do maybe five or six batches, and then I'll I'll uh, wait. Wait, you're brewing ten gallon batches, right? Yeah. So I do gotta get two. five and five glass plastic. Okay, and see what the difference side is. Side. I did have a comment come through about the this process. In fact, that I'm talking about, that I want to cover just before we take a break. Is the environmental impact? I have a feeling this comment came from Daniela and not from a listener in the chat room. But uh, she then was saying that uh, if you used a conical, you are being more environmentally friendly because you're like me. I want to switch to uh, plastic buckets now, and I got to dump those every ten batches. Well, uh, I'm not being a friend of the earth if I do that. So, do you see what I'm saying? Is sure. is there? A, would you guys just making the plastic? You're not a friend of the earth. Actually, yep. most so of maybe, those are at least recyable. Yeah. If you look okay. at the bottom. Okay. So maybe using a stainless steel uh, exactly. conical that you reuse forever is uh, environmentally friendly. You or can glass. recycle glass. Or glass. Well, but here's the female point. Glass is just too heavy for me. The carboys are too heavy and they scare me because they break so easily. So I I love brewing, but when it comes to the carboys, I hate the process. So I want a conical, Justin. There we go. I, I like that answer. I think, that's a good answer. I think that's as valid an answer as any. <laughs> okay. You know, well, yeah. ask you got to get on the Jamil plan. Go go to Chris loves Amy out of work. I I, yeah. I, I think that's a forward slash know, I think that's yes. a very good point. <laughs> forward slash free conicals for people. You know, there is a danger to carboys. If you're yeah. not as manly as I am, uh, you know. <laughs> did Jamil just actually say he was manly? I think he did. <laughs> I think we all know the true story behind that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're broadcasting live from downtown Joe's. we got one more segment left in us for you, and we're going to wrap this whole thing up. And uh, we're going to do some Stump the Brewer, give some stuff away, and uh, wrap it up. We'll be right back. Hang in there. You're listening to The Brewcasters on The Brewing Network. Join 
Not only can you order from More Beer online at morebeer.com and receive free shipping on most orders over $59, but you can also shop in person at their two retail locations located in Concord and Riverside, California. In fact, the Concord facility has grown to over 15,000 square feet to fit all the new products, expanded showroom, and new knowledge center classroom. And now, in conjunction with the Brewing Network, More Beer is making it easier than ever to keep up on what's happening. Look for the all-new More Beer Monthly podcast at morebeer.com later in January. You'll learn about More Beer's history, sales and discounts on More Beer products, get to know team members, and hear coupon codes during the podcast to save you money. So go to morebeer.com or call 800-600-0033. That's 800-600-0033. And don't forget to check in later this month for the new More Beer Monthly podcast, a production of the Brewing Network. That sound, the voice of the brewing underground. I rush home. What's with the abacast string? God damn, it's almost time. Why don't you work? Thing is, by the boat, too. I reboot. That I choose. I hope just in vain to free a BIM commute. I'm on. Thank God, not a moment too soon. Holy, I think I booted out of the chat room. I'm on crack, Risking O2, I'll hail the fuck with Jay-Z Do like I told you, do what you say Well, okay, at least mostly And hit the f*** world full vigorously Cause I'm a don't and a wolf bitch More than a little violent That's me, that likes my dad arrow, bitch My beast will not prove it Who's being rude, boom, I go for blow off to it I want out, just to check, there goes my chocolate stout And I never want to hear the word run high, skip out I give up, 50G, why don't you push eject me? I'm screaming Gucci when G pushes me off the screen Jamil, JD, Johnny G, I can't think, I can't think But then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear Screaming, drink, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker, drink The BN, going for a silver or gold The BN, but do I get form a gold The BN, crew, get unrefined The brew and never mind, stay And no one understands a word Daniela says Either biscuit, the pit, bull, or code right in full We'll sniff your crack if you got the chain hat Do line itself with my hat Go dip pound bad bet trans You're a little fat and let's eat some grass So what about Bob's rock? He's more than just down the block And then there's homegrown cops He's missing this last time No, I don't know, I can't see, I can't see But then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear And then who's gonna be out in the desert with me? could have mixed it with chocolate and it still wouldn't help Drink! Be 
See Robert Earl Keane at the K-Pix Wine and Soiree Dance. They wore baseball caps and khaki pants. They wanted cigarettes, so to save a little money, they bummed one off this hippie that smelled kind of funny. And the next thing they knew, they was both really hungry and pretty thirsty, too. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, B-double-E-double-R-U-N, all we need is a ten and a five or a car and a key. You're right. B-double-E-double-R-U and beer. Oh, how happy we would be had we only brought a better fake ID on B-double-E-double-R-U and beer. They met another old hippie named Sleepy John. He claimed to be the one from the Robert Earl song, so they gave him the cash. He bought him some brews. It's a beautiful day in Santa Cruz. They was feeling so good, it should have been crime. The crowd was cool and the band was prime. They made it back up front to their seats just in time to sing with all their friends. The road goes on forever and the party never ends. to him before, and uh, he just brings back scientific scientific reports about uh, what happened out, out on the spaceship. Uh, none of them have to do with probes, I can assure you. And we're going to wrap up our discussion on uh, fermenters here, and uh, then we're going to call it a night. we got some uh, Stump the Brewer to do, though, which, uh, we, of course, we're going to do with Colin. And uh, Colin's a tough brewer to stump um, because, well... You guys have a hundred... 100% batting average so far. So we still well. I'll tell you what. We have a 99.9% batting average anyway. And actually, maybe we have a 100% batting average. The one person who lasted the longest was actually Peter Hoey from Bison Brewing Company. Right. He went the farthest without being stumped. He's a great guy too. He is a really good guy, and actually, he's now um, solely with the Sacramento uh, Brewing Company. Oh, yeah, he's just with them up there now. I didn't know and Daniela, you'll be happy to know that he works for an environmental engineering company uh, full time. And that's Peter from uh, was from Bison Brewing, and now he's from Sacramento Brewing Company. He's going to come talk to us about some different projects that he was working on with Bison and some new ones with uh, I, Sacramento. I don't know. I think if you go back to the tape. 
you think you Go went the longest, the don't you, Jamil? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really think that Peter was the one who went the farthest without being stumped. Okay. That's <laughs> fine. I'll tell you what. In the uh, since Colin is next to me, and in the nature of uh, good scientific practices, I'll go back and check it out, and I'll see. Oh, sure you will. Who you actually don't listen to your own shows? No, I don't. And you when I say I'll it. go do it, I really mean that I have like a five-year window to uh, <laughs> actually do these things. So, uh, but eventually I'll come back to you and I'll say, "Well, Jamil, maybe you were right." No, <laughs> that's <laughs> fine. If you were wrong, you'll be happy. I took so long to uh, to fit. Yeah. What did we miss? The plastic carboy. Plastic conical. The plastic conical. No, plastic and the carboy. Carboy as well. The better bottle. Oh, I've never they seen both. it. Oh, I have seen it. That's right. Now yeah. I know what you're talking about. That's right. And that's actually pretty ideal for a lot of the wines. Okay. Especially the white wine. Why? Uh, you can limit the headspace a lot easier than, uh, say, a plastic bucket. Why not a glass carboy? Uh, well, if you want plastic. It, there's no difference. There's no oh, difference. Glass. Except white. What what, uh, what, uh, what kind of plastic is it made from? PET. It oh, looks PET l- still lets in oxygen. It yep. does, but only at one gram per day. It, and is that not not? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's more than wine. It's, it's more than a barrel, uh, an oak barrel. It's still not that big of a difference if, between if a glass <laughs> carboy. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I'm for storing beers, the I decided the PET difference. The difference between a barrel and and a plastic bucket. It's about. You know, two hundred to one, as far as oxygen pour me, permeability. As far as pour me another, it's very freaking out. I gotta Thank say you. that uh, <laughs> usually I'm the one that fights with the, with people on the air, but you three tonight, I don't know what's happening. You got a lot of uh, built prob- up. The problem uh, is you asked our opinion. Yeah, that's the problem. I kind of lined the three of you up because I thought your opinions were, were were somewhat similar. It turns out you guys hate each other. <laughs> no, no. Actually, the truth of the matter is, is we've learned so much from each other that we're not willing to let anything slide because we know that there's something we're going to learn from the other person. Exactly. That's a bunch I of totally crap. Agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's crap. He called me yesterday and said he hates me. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the show with you, but I hate you. You know, if it came down to it, I could agree with either of these guys. Yeah. If I paid them enough. If you had to. No, you, you well, know, it's, it's, this it's, is it's, it's angels on the head of a pin type of thing. What? Right. <laughs> jigging madly on the head I of think a I pin. read yeah. that on Chris Graham's website to his fiancee. It has something to do with angels on the head of a, I don't know. Uh, well, this is the reason we've had this discussion is because there's really, there's so many arguments for all sorts of, uh, uh the fermenters I, and I don't think you'd be wrong that, using any type yeah. of fermenter. Hey, well, and, and here's, the, here's the deal. You know, you wanted us to summarize all this. Yeah, I do. Why don't you randomly assign one of the fermenters to each of us. I will. We'll each make the best case we can for them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do then. Uh, I think that's a great idea. I'm going to have would, to brew beer. I would like to use a just a food grade plastic bag. Uh, yeah, I'd like to give Jamil a paper and make bag. Bruno. <laughs> I think you, I think you'd make just a you know you could make an excellent beer. I like those new Zippy snaps. Yeah, exactly. from Ziploc. No, I got a buddy of mine. We 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 said you could use. Pretty much anything that'll hold liquid, that's food grade. You know, that's what they do in prison, Jimmy. Yeah, it's called pruner. Yes, I know. I've, I've made prison beer. <laughs> yeah, see, well, so. back in his days of yeah. pretending he was in prison. Okay, so here's <laughs> With how Bruno I'm, in the shower. Here's how I'm gonna. I'm gonna assign that. a fermenter to each one of you. 
But then you're gonna you're gonna think about it, and I'm gonna go on with these other questions. Uh, Jamil, your assignment is is now prison beer. <laughs> you betcha, baby. <laughs> no, uh, I'm gonna assign glass carboys to you because you've switched from your uh, stainless steel uh, to to using glass carboys almost all the time, almost exclusively. So uh, you're gonna have to do the pros and cons of glass carboys. Uh, Chris Graham. Yes, sir. Give it to him, but yeah, I did. But yeah, uh, in the end, so to speak, you had yes. to. In the end, yeah. yeah. Yes. So that's just for me. That's just fun. Uh, but the rest I'm is. I'm gonna is, crawl <laughs> up in a ball now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, first, let me let me get through some questions for you guys because uh, uh, we we did have a few things uh, come through. Somebody had made a statement that we had suggested at some point against using a half barrel Sankey. For a fermenter, I think he probably he, he might be referring to me. Okay, and do, it's do not you that say I'm, no to half barrel Sankeys? I'm, I'm the only reason I'd say no to it. Well, I'll say it for two reasons. Wait, One. what's a half barrel Sanky? A, a normal keg, fifteen point five gallons. It's, it's half of it's a Sanky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Skanky. Why didn't you just say so in the first place? Okay, it's a regular cake. It's a regular cake. Yeah. So first off, most of the time, make sure you get one legal because most people have one illegally. I agree. Jamil has done that before. Don't steal my cake. Or stolen. Everybody agree. Okay. And the second part of that is most of the people are going to try to open up a very small opening to get inside of it if they're just going to pull the spine out. And so it's very difficult to... You can't see inside like a carboy, so it's very difficult to ensure that it's sanitized. Okay. All right. Very good. A person has two medical conicals, which I think we ended up... Up talking about last week too, Chris Graham. Yeah, they should just send them to me and give up. <laughs> send them. Uh, they do not have. Um, they don't have racking ports. Screw it. No, you don't need ports. one. You don't yeah. need one. Okay, that's what he wants to know if, if whether or not he should add them or just uh, send no. it to me. I'll send you just one with you, a racking. You need port. a port on the bottom. That's it won't it. look the same. So, are you saying then just use the regular bottom part yes. and you'll be fine? Yes, for the so most part. The, yes. The larger the port on the bottom, you can you can. Yeah, on the bottom of my personal, way, I choose my are. women. On, on, on the bottom of my personal conical, I have a two inch. Uh, people want to know how you store that yeast if you do harvest yeast. So I guess whatever you uh, harvest it from, how do you store it? The, it depends. The best place to store it is in your next beer. So uh, to brew again quickly. <laughs> yeah, to brew again. No, the same no day. lag time. I, I harvest an hour before I repitch. They they say within three days. Uh, yeast is really gone beyond the glycogen reserve that it needs to be uh, uh, to do a proper pitch in the next beer. Three days. Okay. Now you can stretch that out, but you're really the the yeast starts to use their glycogen reserves in the uh, stationary phase, and uh, that, that's right. As soon as it gets to the bottom of the conical, it yeah. starts using up its glycogen. Right. Right. It builds its glycogen reserves, it drops to the bottom, it's sitting there, it starts to eat it up. Three days later, it's not enough glycogen reserve to uh, make the, the cell walls permeable to do the daughter cells. So that, okay. that, that fits my experience yeah. as well. Um, I, find, I find that my uh, pitch window is from 8 to 11 days after my last pitch. And anything past that, you're really starting to impact the ability of the yeast to ferment properly. Okay. So yeah, with my yeast, I get more ester production. You can go a, you can go effective as dry hopping at 55 degrees, which is my dry hop temperature. Um, what I normally do is ferment at 68, then separate all the yeast from the beer, 
then add the dry hops, leave them depending on the recipe. And having some tech issues over here, I could tell. Pull your pants up. No, <laughs> no, we'll be fine after that. Wrap up. Somebody is using a corny keg for fermenting a lambic. They want to know if there'll be any problems with sanitizing and using that keg for fermenting other beers. No. Please, uh, well, actually, hey, slow down. No. Please replace all the O-rings. No. Okay. Don't even replace the O-rings. Disassemble no the poppets. Take everything apart. Every every yeah. sure every you could do it if you, if you do it this way. I, I take again. every I, I take every piece apart. I PBW them in 130 degree PBW solution. And then I use uh, star sand at the recommended concentration and let them set, and I have no problems. The grain you use is covered in lactobacillus. It's covered in all sorts of crap. The The air around you is covered in wild yeast and bacteria. Yeah, all the but the grain, dust, the dust grain particles you pull Right. But... If you if you couldn't you know it, it's around you it's it's landing on everything you're using sure if you couldn't uh, sanitize against that then you shouldn't uh, really the well, hard thing be about making good beer rubber in the seals first place. though is I mean they're cheap so it's not a bad idea to replace them periodically sure uh, you know if you want to be more anal than Jamil. Oh, it's God, impossible come on. replace, <laughs> come replace on. those seals you're talking a two dollar and ninety five cent investment. Uh, you know. Listen. <laughs> How much is the breather that you make your kids wear? Chris Graham has been to the to, to stud in San Francisco, <laughs> and there is no more anal than Jamil. I just want to point out right now. There's well, okay. There's more geeky, and that's Colin. <laughs> that's about it. More anal. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, another uh, question that came through. This was a good question that came through earlier. It's about a, a technique that uh, pro brewers use, where you cap off your your fermenter. Before it's entirely done fermenting. I love doing that. Okay. So you're trapping some of the CO2 and some of the volatiles that are still in there. Uh, those of us who use glass carboys, we absolutely do not cap off your, your glass carboys. Well, and e- even with most uh, conicals, uh, homebrew conicals, you can't do that. Well, that's the question, is that some people uh, want to know if they can uh, cap off. And, well, first of all, why would you stop? Why would you uh, cap off the blow tube early so that you can uh, maintain some of that? And second, could you do that if you had your own conical? Okay, so here's the deal. The literature suggests that if you cap off early, you retain a little bit more of the hop aromas. You retain a little bit more of the CO2 that that smells and still tastes good. Because the original CO2 that you drive off has to be purified before you can use it in beer again. Okay. Okay, but the CO2 that comes off at the end still smells and tastes good. So you get to save a little bit of that. But more importantly, under pressure, most yeasts, not all yeasts, produce less esters. And so if you've got a recipe there where you're trying to lower the esters, like uh, double IPA, for instance, mm-hmm. you're trying to lower the ester production, then um, capping off the fermenter early can help. Okay. Okay. But Shouldn't l- you let's, let's back have that up more oh, under pressure fight. early on? I'm sorry. I, I misheard your question. Shouldn't you have, the, uh, have your yeast under pressure earlier on? If you then, can. Then at the very if, end. If you can. I use a, a pressure relief for uh, more... For, for for more reduction of esters. For more reduction of esters, yeah. I use a pressure relief. I usually cut off halfway through attenuation uh, at 5 psi. And also what happens at the end is, uh, you know, the yeast, it, it, the increased pressure of CO2, partial pressure of CO2, uh, suppresses yeast activity, right? So doesn't that also, I wonder if it, that doesn't affect uh, the yeast's ability to clean up diacetyl or uh, acetylaldehyde or... 
You know, actually, diacetyl and acetaldehyde aren't my main concerns in the double IPA um, because they're so much covered up by other things. Okay. <laughs> well, well, like, uh, can, can we relate this to actual no? homebrewing for the most part? I, I don't really know. I, I, I don't have enough experience yet yeah. to know. Uh, come down to another brewery. We'll do some trials. And don't kick each other while you're at it. <laughs> for heaven's sake. We hold hands and skip. You guys got to do some more hugging and no pants brewing. <laughs> this is ridiculous what's going on here, you two. Colin and I are okay with our masculinity. <laughs> uh, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other, what was the other word that we got today? I can't remember. It had to do with terrorism. Terrorist. Jack Bauer. <laughs> trying to remember what, the, I have to go back and listen now. Uh, Jenna, is the sun up somewhere in this world? Uh-oh. Oh, good oh, Lord. Jesus. All right, let's do it. It's the end of the stout, show anyway. Stout for me. Okay, uh, last uh, note. Uh, oh, no, uh, here's a good question Jamil for you, Colin. Jamil hasn't finished his last sign-up. Stout for me. Yeah, well, look at you. No, that's a new... Somebody wanted place. to know what uh, maltster provides your brown malt. Um, I use it right now. I'm using crisp brown malt. Jamil, you stop over there. <laughs> for good, good, good Lord. It's uh, junior high at downtown Joe's. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Right now, I'm using crisp brown malt, uh, and I'm, I've been really, really happy with it. Yeah. Um, I've been really happy with all the products from Crisp. Uh, uh, Simpsons, however, though, is making some great products as well, and and I substitute Simpsons in periodically. Okay. Do you mean any further comments on brown malt? I was gonna say Beast and make <laughs> makes <the> good <laughs> brown malt. You know what's awesome to me? Uh, you know, is, uh, come on. So the Please. Sunday show, we I'm like to... Entirely professional <laughs> on the Monday show. Here's what happens here on the Brewing Network. We like to have all this fun on the Sunday show and, and mix it up a little bit and, and let everybody be able to listen. You could be a scientist or you could be, you know, a tart like myself and listen to it equally. And some of the biggest criticisms that we get about the Sunday show are like, oh, you guys mess around too much. And all of the people who criticized the Sunday show go... That's why I listen to the Jameel show. Because, because Jameel really stays on topic and he really has a lot of things to say. And then he comes on here and you say brown malt and he's over there giggling like a little girl. Okay, okay. Uh, in you my see, defense, on the, on the, on the Monday show. You know what I'm saying? You don't drink. So-called Jameel you don't show. Drink on it. We, we take we don't all drink, <laughs> and we have a, an hour fixed. Yeah. And it's on this like show. It's who, who, does what? But we please. take all the. I flack. got people buying me beer here. You it's that guy over there that's got. You got can the do whatever you want. You're like God's gift to homebrewing because we take all the flack for your oh, uh, misgivings. Please. That's my point. You know everything. Every time Play Jamil, that violin. If Come Jamil on. makes a mistake, he gets too drunk. You know whose fault that is? Yours. It's, it's my fault. That's it's right. it's society's fault. Yeah. Let's talk about. it. I just want to point that out. That's all I'm saying. Oh please. Do we have any stump the brewer questions for 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 Colin Kaminsky? Yeah. It stumped the mad scientist. And uh, do we have some from from here? Because I'd like I don't to know if the guys are ready. They said they would make up a stump the brewer. Oh, Do you have one? Stout. Oh man! And now we got uh, yeah. It's twelve oh, o'clock boy. somewhere. And I love that rule, by the She's way. She's like Colin. the best bartender ever. <laughs> Applause for her and serving us all night. Absolutely. Jenin's married, by the way. Jenin is is married, and and uh, so so Daniela, keep that in mind because what? Uh, she's married. Well, but she's still awesome. Yeah, just a column wants you to know. Well, she's hot. <laughs> 
Jamil, you want to uh, put make sure that sticker's in place again, or uh, you doing all right over there? All right. Uh, <laughs> He's checking. Jamil, take your hands off my butt, please. <laughs> <laughs> that was Chris Graham's butt, Jamil. You need to not the wrong way. All right. How about we start? Hey, with, hey, 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 hey. How about we start with one from the chat room then? Okay, start with one from the chat room. And uh, 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 Danielle, why don't you first lead us in a uh, German toast uh, for for the downtown Joe's tradition? All right, well, uh, I don't have a beer. It's right there. And uh, do, do one of those sing-songy ones that you Germans do. No, not just cheers. That doesn't work. You have to toast. Ein Prosit, ein Prosit, sehr Gemütlichkeit. Ein Prosit, ein Prosit, sehr Gemütlichkeit. Prost. And I'll join in. Prost. Again. Prost. Now you can drink. I finished my beer already. Hey, they toast long. Germans are patient people. Colin, you're like a funnel. All right, well, <laughs> let's go ahead. Colin, are you ready for Stump the Brewer? I am now. It, the question is posted from a fellow brewer. He works for Anderson Valley now, our own homegrown hops. All right. Congratulations, homegrown hops. Good work. How many craft breweries in Humboldt County, California... No idea. Humboldt County. See, I would have said off the bat, Colin, that if you knew the answer to that, you are uh, your your cousin head. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so that you don't know is probably a good Chris, sign. Chris is giving me some clues here. I'm going to say seven. In a guess seven. <laughs> In Humboldt. I would guess. Let me try to guess. No, I'm you don't about guess. It. You're not the brewer, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> he already guessed, though. What did you say, Colin? Seven. Incorrect. I think four. Are you serious, Justin? Yeah, I think there's four. That is correct. I know it's correct. I've been to a few breweries in my day. <laughs> Don't ask me how to brew this stuff, but if you want to know where you can go drink it, I'll the, tell you. Chris and Jamil both said three, just for the record. And I they're both wrong. He said four. There's four, right? <laughs> the breweries are Six Rivers, Lost Coast, Mad River, and Eel River. I said four, and then... Chris, talk me into three. Yeah. Hey, Chris, write that in your little love blog. Well, not stumped because of Justin's help. No, no, he's still no, stumped. No, you stumped me. I'll, I'll give that yeah, one. Yeah, we'll give him some. The brewer was stumped. I, I just, want some more questions. Let's I wanted to guess. Do. We'll keep it going. We'll give All him right. some. All right. So let's have a live question now, John. HH, it's it's in the mail, which means right. uh, anytime between so now and next year. The question is this. Can you brew with elderberries? Absolutely. What you can are, brew with elderberry blossoms. What the hell are elderberries? <laughs> your father smelt of elderberries and your mother was a hamster. <laughs> when you're white, you want to get the elderberries. Yeah. Really? Uh, you guys have lost me. Is this a what guy? This is yeah, are you with I'm me? With you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. This all sounds like common knowledge. <laughs> uh, what are elderberries and why would I wipe with them? No. So, so the next question is this. What is the max PSI I can expect in a locked-off carboy before it explodes? Uh, you know, I actually I, greater I, than one. I, I haven't done that test, but I did try in a champagne bottle once, and I took it to 250 psi, and it didn't break. Uh, so pretty much, you could. I, I I would say that you could if if I don't have to be liable for it. You no, can anything probably you say take, here, you will be liable. <laughs> you for. can probably take it up to six psi oh, with no problem. Oh, yeah. uh, that's crap. You say no All six. Right, so inspect your carboy before you go to that. Yeah, size. and if, if there's a scratch in there, even even look, a, look at a the bottom of a rings. millimeter. 
It's going to break. Uh, the critical dangerous. work of fracture and glass is really small. Yeah, I'd go about a half a PSI. By the way, if you want to sue for this, I have a great uh, method and a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, you call whitehouse.gov. <laughs> so okay. stumped or not? Uh, no, he said six PSI. He knows. He said he knows the answer. All right. So another one then. What does the 33 on a bottle of Rolling Rock stand oh, for? Oh, good God. This is a good question, and Crap we've had beer. it before. And I've heard it, too, and I don't remember the answer. Oh. And I should. It, it, it's, I, I've heard this answer. It's Rolling Rock. This isn't uh, a real what, question. No, what I'm is curious. it? How many hours there are in a day of brewing a Rolling Rock? <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. i actually curious. No, because the, then they drive off the DMS. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's that's impossible. 33 minutes. <laughs> I'm curious if they have the right answer, because there's actually several answers to that question. What do they have as the The answer is, it was a printer's error and left there accidentally. Yeah, I think that's right. It is a number of words in a company slogan. And the slogan is, Rolling Rock from the Glass Line thanks, thanks on old Latrobe. We tender this premium beer for your enjoyment <laughs> as a tribute to your good taste. Yeah, right. It's a load it of comes crap. from the mountain yeah. springs to you. I'm not I, sure that the two yeah. are related, but I do think that originally it was a printer's error. A, a little bit of a local history is, do you remember the Roaring Rock in Berkeley? No. No. You don't remember that. That was a fabulous brewery that got sued because Roaring Rock was too close to yeah, Rolling they got Rock. Sued. Oh, right. And, could, and, could and Chris, not, what's uh, her name now? What did they change to? Triple Rock. Triple Rock. Oh, triple no, it's Triple Rock. Triple rock. Oh, that's yeah. now true. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. See, I had them on the show. They didn't mention that. That was their original name. When I they probably first started going sued. there, yeah. they were lawsuits. They didn't want that to happen again. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Okay, so Stumped. Stumped. All right. Something. Repeatedly. So I, th- I think usual. the thing to do is to award a prize when somebody uh, gives a question that's not, not stumped. <laughs> you know, I don't have any fingers the, the, on your right hand. The last time <laughs> I was here, Six. the question I got was how many molecules does it take before water's wet? That was the question <laughs> that, that you got. That was the question I got. Which uh, I liked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Chris Graham's going to send that listener something. How about this one, Justin? <laughs> I'm going to try to stump you now. <laughs> So uh, it ha- must have something to do with like short buses. <laughs> <laughs> How many people are sitting at? Well, the you table? know, bre- you know your brewery, so you might know it. Right. What is the second oldest family-owned brewery in the country? The second? Yes, the second. And it the has United to be States. Now, is the fa- I'm wondering if the family part is a trick. I know uh, this answer. So it's the second because o- it's not just the second oldest brewery; it's the second oldest family-owned brewery. Is that the de- that's in the, the descriptor? US. Uh, well, Yingling, uh, I don't think so, because Yingling is actually now, um, I thought, the oldest. Uh, Family? My guess is Coors. Augustus keep, Bush? Keep yeah, going. actually, if uh, Yingling Augustus is number one, Bush. I would say that Anheuser-Busch is number two. Jamil, you're, you don't, Yingling's not the first uh, oldest? I think Yingling Bush is the oldest. Number two. So that makes it the second oldest. Bush is not number two. Oh, it's not number two, you're saying? Really? Because that would be my guess. Is is uh, Anheuser Busch still on the board of directors? Uh, Augie? Yeah. Oh, you bet your ass. Oh, is he? Okay. What do you think? Do you think they stopped their old the Nazi younger? ways all of a sudden? Yeah. They're Nazi ways. Uh, I don't like. I, I do south. know that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was asking a friend of mine. I said, you know, yeah, you know, I had to work at Anheuser Busch. I would, and he said, you've got earrings. You would never work at Anheuser Busch. All right, come on, come on, Justin, sack <laughs> uh, up. This Sack is up. Augie. Uh, guys, I uh, just want to let you know, uh, I will always be on the board of directors. Okay, come on, Justin. Sack up with another Augie. And so will all 30 generations uh, that, that come after me. Justin, sack up with another Augie. 
see, I still want, I want to stick to Anheuser Busch. No, no, sack up with another Augie. <laughs> oh, it's a different. Oh, then it's, you're stumped. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I see what you're saying. I get, I'm with you. Then it's Pabst. Isn't that the other Augustus? No, no. Oh, well, then it's Coors. No, no. Coors <laughs> then is it's my a, guess. Then in it's other a, words, you don't know. There's so many Augustuses. All right, stop guessing, Jamil. What's the second oldest? Uh, Coors. He doesn't know either. It's uh, Shell Brewing, and his name is August Shell, too. And uh, 1870, Same. August bid of $12,000 won out, and he became the sole owner of the business. And where is this brewery out of now? MN. Okay, and, okay. Oh, in Minnesota. In yes. That's what we like to call that in the states here. MN Germany. Yeah. Okay, yes. Justin, I got a question for you. How about stump the chat room? Okay. Oh. All right. Do you have a, do you have a question for them? I, I, well, I think we could each come up with a question for stump, stump the, chat the chat room. room. I mean, it's easy for them to sit. How about the, an actual brewing related room, question you know, with a beer? Brewing related question. Come on. Okay. Something uh, about brewing. That's a stump the brewer. How many cells of yeast does it take? Chat room, if you're going to do a stump the brewer, we want a brewing-related question. And and likewise, maybe we could come up with a stump the chat room. Okay, I've got a a very easy brewing question that anybody who brews lager should should have a a very good familiarity with. Okay. What is the precursor to acetylaldehyde? A good question. That's a great question. I think that's a, That's that's a, a good question. I think that's a fair question. They should be listening. You shouldn't have to type it. And we're talking in fermentation. What is the precursor to acetylaldehyde? That's a good question. Chat room. Google. Uh, and and, and Hauser Bush considers this one of the most important questions first in person, high gravity brew. First person to answer it right, Colin's going to send you a gift certificate for, for what? A beer? Uh, I'll send you a uh, women's T-shirt. There you go. We'll send you a T-shirt. <laughs> Even if you're a double X man. And if you, all, if you don't I'm answer it. you have a girlfriend. If you're a double X man. Be- better to send a picture of Daniela wearing it. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if, if nobody That's in the prize. chat room does answer it properly, then you guys have to you to come out to downtown Joe's and have a beer with Colin. That's your, that's your punishment, which doesn't sound too bad to me. And uh, we're getting out of here soon, by the way, too. We're back here in two weeks. We're going to be at Downtown Joe's. And, Good uh, God, Colin, you're such a geek. We're going to be doing the water chemistry show. So uh, live studio audience, you know, don't don't show up in two weeks. Uh, it, if you thought it was sleepy tonight, wait till next week. Did we answer the... Uh Pros and cons of the three different types of fermenters. Not at all. No, I think we, we, we I think well. we covered them, but we're still going to do a summary, and right. each one of you is going to cover one of them. So, so I, I will still get to that. Is the answer DMS? No. no, no. Urine on you. Dimethyl sulfate is that DMS? Yes, and that's wrong. <laughs> High temp? No. I like that. High Try temp Google. is the precursor to acetylaldehyde. I would have answered, I would have said that. If uh, she understands this, Colin, she's a better woman. Than uh, beer that's not good is the uh, precursor to acetylaldehyde. I'm sure she is. All right. While we're waiting for that answer, why don't we go down our panel of judges? Uh, Jamil, I, I gave you. What did I give you? <laughs> AIDS. Carboys. Aside from AIDS. Carboys. Thank you. I'm gonna squeeze on my ass earlier in the day. So pros and cons, Admit and it. and uh, give us a brief summary on using carboys. The value to carboys is that. Uh, <laughs> it's Don't laugh at Here me. the velvet fog comes in again. <laughs> my brothers and sisters. <laughs> the value of the carboys is. Yeah. I love it. 
One that you can see through the bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> you can see what's going on. If you're on you certain... You can see the love of yeah. the yeast. If you happen to be taking certain psychedelics, it looks really cool. <laughs> Go you ahead, please. experience the love of the cowboys. <laughs> Jamil. Yes. You know, your listeners aren't going to be happy. They're going to think that you're like us. Please get, please get down to business. Barry White, come on. It, it may not be a perfect Barry White, but it's not bad. I will now bad. see all Turn off e- my mic. Yeah, yeah. please no. send all future emails about how Jamil is so great and we dick around <laughs> to Jamil at mrmalty.com. It's, it's the show that's a problem. So the, one of the one of the great things about Carboys is you can see what's going on. It's very easy to pick up, you know, shake it around, get the entire slurry out, so you're not missing it. The drawbacks to a carboy is the only drawback to a carboy. Well, there's two. One is that it's if it shatters, that you're, hurts. You're, you're going to screw yourself up. Yeah. Be very, very careful when working with carboys. Dry your hands before you pick it up. Yeah. Hold it close to your body. You'll be okay. Okay. If you if you're screwing around with carboys, you're going to drop it in the 60s or 70s ale temperatures. I put it in the fridge. I. Get the temperature down over eight to twelve hours, yeah. and then once I did, I dropped the tube out the bottom, or all the cold break out the bottom, and then I pitch my yeast, and then I'd oxygenate. Okay. Now with a carboy, since I came across the whirlpool chilling thing, which other people apparently discovered years ago, but nobody bothered to like let anybody know. Um, you mean somebody else had a trademark? And a land yeah, far, they, far away. they trademarked. They're suing me now. Yeah. But. Um, you know, if you if you um, do the whirlpool chiller thing, you can get the the temperatures down. You can leave the break material behind. Okay. You can get clean wort into the carboy pitcher yeast. You can make lagers in there really really well. Okay. So so that's uh, glass carboys. Uh, Chris Graham, and now uh, you have the daunting challenge of uh, covering both. Uh, the pros and the cons of uh, plastic buckets for fermenters. Go Let's ahead. Talk please. about pros first. Okay. You have big gaping holes, unlike Jamil's little <laughs> carboy. Yeah. No, so you have a nice always a pro. Yeah, you have nice big openings to clean. Clean. With. Yep. You can see inside easily. Stick your head up in there. Look sure. around. Um, I've done that. Pl- plastic carboys are inexpensive. The cheapest of all three. They are very portable. They what are the costs of the two? Uh, just because uh, we haven't said that, uh, plastic and then a glass carboy. What's you're the cost? usually talking about eleven fifty versus twenty dollars. Okay, go on, please. Uh, very portable. Carboy nice, lasted forever. Uh, <laughs> big uh, plastic bucket has a handle that you can flip up, walk around with. Um, so and it's those handles break too over time. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jamil. And so you, when you're doing Flanders, according to Jamil, yeah, they're better for oxygen. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you <laughs> quote me, goddamn it. Not tonight. You don't. <laughs> and uh, if you're going to do anything that you're worried about bringing to the rest of your fermenters, it's a great vessel to use. So if you're going to use a bread of any sort and you're worried about contaminating the rest of your brew room, 
I highly recommend. It's got the conical, and I know you're a fan, but uh, go ahead and please give the cons and the pros, and maybe uh, summarize those myths that we talk about, too. Okay, well, you know, there's no bigger pro than the fact that your homebrew buddy is going to walk into your garage and see the coolest piece of stainless steel equipment <laughs> that's ever been built Damn for a homebrew. Right, yeah. Now, you're what else do you need? Yeah, right. I mean, really, what you got to give it to him on that. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I think that Jamil and I deal. both... Yeah. Bow to Agreed. that. Yeah. You're instantly that's, that's a, a larger human being, if you know what I'm saying. Now, as much of I, as I've argued this point with Jamil tonight, I agree with him that the the if you take the width to height ratio of the conicals that are available, that the dynamics of the fermentation work out better. Yeah. Okay. You can also selectively harvest your yeast, which is what I think is the biggest uh, advantage. If I want a highly attenuating yeast... Then I take the last yeast that dropped out. If I take, if I want a yeast that's going to leave a maltier beer, then yeah. I take the first yeast. Wait, that wait, wait, out. wait, 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 <laughs> wait. Chris wait. has stolen Jamil's microphone. It, it, explain to me how you, uh, you know, with with the way that the the yeast lay down that conical. And we all thought we were going to go home. They soon. lay down in layers. Yeah. And when you open that port, you don't get just a specific layer. You get a sampling of the center of those layers. Answer that. No, no, that and that is exactly true. And that's true true on a commercial level as well. Commercial level, I think you're you're much more able to control that. On the homebrew level, I think uh, we're running some problems. Well, you know the the okay. So the bottom of my conical is a two inch triclover. Actually, all the yeast that uh, I care about is inside my two inch to one and a half inch reducer. Yeah. Anything above that you're saying is no is no good? Um is that your point? Is that where you No, I'm yeah. saying that uh anything above that stuck to the walls earlier and is likely too highly flocculent. So let's let's well, let's let's look at how I think about my yeast. Okay, so what flocculates out first was too goddamn lazy to do its job. Yeah. And it gave up. Oh, okay. it's kind of like some friends I have. But, but, but what <laughs> His I'm saying is Justin. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm saying is, the amount of yeast that you're generating from that small, from uh, you know, a five gallon batch, you're you're generating a layer of yeast that's like oh, a God. a couple of mils thick. Okay, so how many ounces do you think? I, I use and, a ten gallon what, fermenter, but but, but in a ten gallon compa- fermenter, when you compare getting, that against you're getting eight inch or ten and ounces. Half, in, inch or inch and a half uh, butterfly valve. We just regulated ourselves to three listeners. <laughs> Daniela just fell asleep. <laughs> no, no, she's hoping Jamil will grab that sticker. Nice, no, she's just trying to get sticker adjustment. <laughs> sticker adjustment. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I I think that there's a significant difference between the homebrew level and the commercial level on that. Well, and, and you have a lot more experience at the homebrew level, so I'll defer to Jamil. Uh, he just called selection. you a bitch. On on yeast selection. He said, I'm a pro, and you're a bitch. (laughs) Don't steer the pot. Good night. That's what I heard. That's not the first time I've heard (laughs) And I'll tell you, you pro brewers out there, you think that? Uh, Which is is not Colin, by the way. Of course not. We actually covered that on the FM show. Not even the slightest. (laughs) Those those out here who think that, you know, I'll kick you in the nuts. I have one more sentence and I'll give up, and that is the big disadvantage and why I usually recommend homebrewers don't buy conicals is they're too goddamn expensive. Yeah. 
<laughs> now Chris Graham. Everybody's angry. We started out so peaceful and nice, and now we're all gonna we're gonna go off the the program and, and fight with each other. And, and I should I say, say that I got my conical for free. Right. My personal opinion is if you want Chris. <laughs> my personal opinion, if you want your lady to brew, get her a conical. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Colin Kaminsky. Or a plastic bucket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would like you to give the summary that you gave uh, in, in about one sentence. You did it the last time. You can do as, however many sentences you want now. About that. The, the, the bottom line is uh, they all have their advantages. And uh, Yeah, no, and that's exactly true. They all have their advantages. They all have their disadvantages. And a good brewer can take any of the three of them and make a good beer. Okay. What's much more important than any of the things we're talking about, it doesn't matter what equipment you use. It doesn't matter even, you know, to a large extent what raw ingredients you have, it matters that you can taste uh, a quality product and you can make the changes necessary to, to improve your product until you have a quality product. There you go. And also, I think part of the, th- the reason we want to discuss this, in, in particularly in terms of the, of the conical fermenter, um, yes, it's cool. There's your number one reason. Your number two reason is that you know how to use it. And, uh, and, and, and uh, not only B3 will help you figure out the best way to use your conical fermenter, but uh, shows like this where Colin tells you, like, this is, this is what you got to do with it, it to harvest your yeast is kind of the point, too. And that's what we uh, discussed in the first place, you and I, when we talked about the fermenter show, is that, yes, a conical is great to have, uh, but it goes to waste. It's it, You only have the cool factor if you don't know how to use it. So I wanted to make sure that we pointed out uh, you need to know how to harvest your yeast out of there and, 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 and make things happen. And, and that's really true. It, it, it is only a cool factor until you figured out why that cone's important. Okay. Very and good. There's nothing wrong with the cool factor. And there's nothing wrong with the cool factor. In fact, we uh, relate it to all sorts of things that we do, buying cars and clothes and everybody else. Hey, there's a, the cool factor is nothing to shake a stick at. Damn if right. you've got a little money burning a hole in your pocket, which uh, we don't, Danielle, so forget con- about it. Uh, uh, you know. And uh, Jamil just sold all his conicals. He doesn't even offer one to us. He didn't call us and say, hey, I got these conicals. You mean the ones I gave to him? Yeah, exactly. He just made a huge profit off his little Jamil deal where he gets to, like, borrow everything. The thing is, you can use any of these technology. Uh-huh. Yeah. You guys are just brutal. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going back to Monday show, Wait, man. Can, can, we re- can we read what you wrote on that pad? All right. I want to close the show. <laughs> Daniela actually just took the microphone away from Jamil. <laughs> because like it. it's necessary. Okay. I want to close the show with a few shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to HH once again. Uh, he scored a great job with the um, brewery, Anderson Valley. And he wasn't stumped by Colin. He was actually the one to answer your question, awesome. Colin. So Good he answer. Knew. And he stumped you back. So he's a great guy. Okay. Shout-out for him. Code, who is in big pain. He's the drug of the week because he had uh, teeth taken out of his mouth. So he's drugged of the week. He is the drug of the week. Um, Which is different Grot. than that. Grot is listening from Australia. It's 4 p.m. in the afternoon. He's in 13 pints, and he uh, took off his <laughs> pants on pint number nine. Okay. So shout out to him. He's Can our we drunk get a picture of, the of that? <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least, shout out. Shout out to our bar drunk of the week, which is Jamil for the first time ever. <laughs> our on location uh, trying drunk to church of the it week. up with some water. We're back at Downtown Joe's in uh, two weeks. We won't be on right. on the air next week, so we'll be back here and doing another show. I want to say weeks. thanks to Colin and Downtown Joe's yeah. for hosting this great event and mm-hmm. for for giving us all those great beers. I've tried the Porter, the yeah. Ace High, which is the Pale Ale, and the IPA. 
I'm just blown away. <laughs> They're all fantastic, and uh, I like the, your your 12 o'clock rule, Colin. That's been a lot of fun for us. Oh, is it 12 o'clock somewhere? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, staff, it's 12 o'clock <laughs> again, so we'll brain. finish the show that way. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. We've had listeners from all over the place, and we really appreciate you guys coming out and doing this. And, Thank uh, you to the listeners. Of course, thanks to Downtown Joe's for having us. We'll be back here in two weeks and having a good time once again. And uh, more beer and fun from Downtown Joe's. You're listening to the Brewing Network. We'll see you uh, in two weeks. Cheers. Yeah, you know what I am talking about. But don't you give me that American.